Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, Chris, Lee. We made it through the first double header, triple header, triple oh, header. It's been going on that long. I can't remember. Double header was last week. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been three. We got a week off this week. I know it's crazy. Right, it? we'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, three three races on the bounce after we were told it would never happen again, and now we got a week off before another three races on the bounce. There's another three, two Britons and a Spain. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, but we'll talk about Hungary first. Yes, yeah. I think it's better. By the way, I know, I know, I know. Teams have got to think about personnel and drive uh, uh, and families and things like that. But I think as a sport to watch the rapid hit race, it gets you into it. Or a good it, as a thing. season, you yeah. don't have that two week period where you're like, oh, what happened again? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's another. There are other motorsport series, mainly ones that turn left that do that, and you just think, hang on, we're at the air last week. Oh no, that mm. all looks identical. Yeah, well, we did that Formula One, the Styrian and the Austrian Grand Prix. Two so. completely different circuits in two completely different parts of Austria. One was in Austria, one was in Styria. Different, different. Not at all. You know, Austrian yeah. Grand Prix are exciting, <laughs> Styrian Grand Prix are a little yeah. bit subdued. And the Hungarian Grand Prix was one of those where it kind of looked like something was always going to happen, but then nothing happened. Mm. Like, yeah. It's raining! Here comes the rain! The rain never really arrived. And then... The yeah. tyres are falling off. No, no, no that's just Ferrari. Then, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Again, though, it could... Uh, made me think back to what I was saying about the Austrian and Styrian Grand Prix about Red Bull, and um, how they've taken they've uh, have Mercedes took a step forward or have Red Bull almost took a step back? I think both. Yeah, because yeah. if you look at who was the second best car in Hungary, it was last year's Mercedes. Yeah. So you know, last year's Mercedes was almost as good as this year's Mercedes. So Mercedes mm-hmm. have moved forward. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm not saying that the racing point is exactly last no. year's Mercedes, but, you know. No, that's for, that's for the uh, FIA to decide, <laughs> and then <laughs> probably the Court of Arbitration for Sports after yeah. that. But, like, this, the, this time last year, we'd have, we'd have just finished watching a cracker of a race between Hamilton and, and Verstappen for a win. Yeah, and was it yeah. Hamilton had 20 laps to catch up, like, nearly yeah, 20 yeah, yeah. seconds, and he did it and passed yeah. them. So, you know, I think... I know what you're saying. You think Red Bull maybe have fallen back. Mm. I think they have too because I can remember when we uh, first knew the calendar and we were thinking of two races at Spielberg and one at the Hungarian rings. Like, well, these are Verstappen circuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Verstappen has not won a single race. Mercedes yeah. have, 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 have won all three races. And these are supposed to be circuits that Mercedes aren't particularly usually strong. Ab- absolutely, yeah. And it's the, the thing is, clearly Mercedes have surprised Red Bull because Red Bull were like champing at the bit to get the season going because they thought they could compete with Mercedes this year. Yep. They thought they had the machinery to do it. Fuck no if they got the machinery to do it. I think they have. They just don't know how to make it work yet. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I find it interesting that, that they're having aero problems because like all like pioneers, um, you get to a point where your pioneering stops. And I wonder whether um, Adrian Newey has hit the oh, it feels bad saying it because of how important he's been to Formula One, but I won't. But there is a talent wall, he's hit the insurmountable cliff, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at you look at all the great car designers, mm-hmm. and well, just great, just great people at doing things be it athletes or artists or musicians. I don't, you know, I don't want to say jump the shark, but mm. maybe shark, they, they've never beat it. <laughs> no, never beat it. 
No, there was enough, there was enough um, baby shark comments on, uh, was, on my, Discord. My, mine were, it was the... Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Paul changed it into, into the uh, baby shark song. <laughs> <laughs> baby shark song was pretty popular around these parts for a hot minute. <laughs> yeah, a minute. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, talk, talking about Red Bull going backwards, um, what the hell is going on with the way that they're treating Albon? Because there's something definitely wrong with that. And I saw this pointed out, um, I think it was some, somebody on Discord earlier. We're using this Discord a hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Why not? It's but there. I saw somebody point out that Christian Horner has said, um, you know, people having a go at Alban, you know, they don't really know what they're talking about. They don't understand. And then compared that with a story from this time last year, just before the summer break, people going on about Gasly, they're wrong, they don't know what yeah, they're yeah, going yeah, on yeah, about. And then 30, 30 seconds later, Gasly was demoted. Mm. Well, our friend uh, and uh, regular guest, Virtual Statman, put up on Twitter yesterday that last year's Hungarian Grand Prix, Pierre Gasly finished, uh, Max Verstappen finished second, and Pierre Gasly finished sixth, one lap down. Mm. Uh, this year's Hungarian Grand Prix, Max Verstappen finished second, and uh, Alex Albon finished fifth and one lap down. Mm. Is it the car or is it the driver? Mm. That's what that's what Sean's point was. I think as well when you've got um, like George Russell coming out and quite strongly defending Albon and he's the way he's been treated and you know criticizing a big team mm. at the front of the field for making someone look stupid that suggests something is very wrong. And then Max taking a pop at him for saying it. Mm. But I think that. Like George deserves a doff of the cap for that in a, in a sport which is very cutthroat and usually for drivers, regardless of how well they get on outside of Formula One, but for camera facing, usually quite isolated because especially if you're a driver like George Russell, it's at the back of the grid. All anyone's ever thinking about is getting further up the grid. He obviously doesn't expect a, f- a Red Bull contract anytime soon. <laughs> no, of course not. Uh, yeah. I thought it showed real character. You know, it, it, I thought it was really good. It was for, for those who aren't aware of what he said. He said, you know, uh, him and you know, hit and, and Alex Albon been racing with Charles Leclerc. Mm. Uh, who, who else did he mention? Max Gasly, Verstappen. I think. Uh, was Max Verstappen, Pierre Gasly, yeah, he said. Uh, Lando. Um, uh, and Lando mm-hmm. Norris, yeah. The, the, the group of them came up through the formulas since karting together. Yeah. Uh, so they've been racing each other. And Alex has always been competitive. So for him to suddenly go to a team and not be competitive, it's not his fault. It's the car. Yeah. Um, it's strange. Because uh, he was competitive last year as well, even when he just jumped in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, from his first turn of the wheel, he was competitive. Yeah. I wonder, though, whether it's not necessarily what the car's going on. I wonder whether it's pressure that that's with them. And my minor conspiracy theory here is that the anyone got any tin foil? Crinkle it. No, <laughs> we, we, that was a terrible thing we were doing. No, 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 no. I was telling the listeners to crinkle it. Now I'm not. I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't carry the tin foil with me because you wore it all. But um, I wonder whether the rumours of Vettel going back to Red Bull are still very much in motion. And how we, we we see it quite a lot with, with drivers when it comes to contract times, when they use they court other teams to hurry the fucking another team up to give them a contract, and it may I wonder whether all this like because it's so out at the minute they like Vettel speaking to Racing Point, um, I wonder whether it's a um, a ploy. Well, it's a, pl- a ploy and a safety net. You know, it's 
if if he he could use that to try and force Red Bull's hand to say, look, if look, this guy's not working out, take me back. But the thing is, I mean, Alex Albon didn't have a terrible. I mean, we're not talking about like the the race review. We haven't got to Red Bull yet, mm-hmm. of course. But the Alex Albon went from like thirteenth on the grid to fifth. Oh, he had a good race. A circuit mm-hmm. where you're not really able to overtake an awful lot. No, so Spe- he- especially when um, especially when the mechanic spent absolutely zero time setting up his car because they damn tools and ran to rebuild maxes. Yeah, mm. Albon basically had to set his own car up. He yeah. didn't, he didn't because it was good to go. But yeah, yeah, all, 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 he had, all he had was um, two hastily dropped spanners and a couple of leaf blowers. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. were blowing the brakes, not the box. Honest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, is is there anything to these all these Seb rumours? You know what? I think my personal opinion is Vettel's already got a contract for next season, and this is all just conjecture. He knows what he's doing. He's he, kn- he knows exactly game. what he's doing, and he's he's playing the media. I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's signed yet because of how out of the blue the Ferrari like end was. Because mm. I don't think I I don't don't think Vettel. Th- Thought he was leaving Ferrari this no, year. No, he said that. Yeah, he said he, he didn't know Austria yeah, yeah. when it was when it was announced. He had no idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. the very first press conference in Austria was he basically said said that, didn't he? Yeah. So he said, "Oh, you know," and he said, well, "You know, what about the agreements on the table?" And Seb came back with, "There were no agreements on the table." Yeah. So I don't know why that's been reported. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. I was just basically told, "I'm not. I won't be needed after this." Yeah. Year. So uh, yeah, I, 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 th- I think he's moved very quickly, and it's already it's already wrapped up. I, I think if it was already wrapped up, it would be announced. I don't oh, know. It I don't depends know. what for- it is, though, isn't it? If he's like, I mean, realistically, we're looking. The seats are available. Probably going to be Racing Point and Red Bull potentially. But if Kimmy's retiring, I don't and think doesn't want to announce yet. He wouldn't go that far down the grid. Possibly. Yeah, he said that. He, he yeah. said that as well in that interview with. Yeah, with Martin Brundle. I don't know if anybody caught that on Sky. Saw some of it, but apparently uh, they released a full 13-minute version of it now. Mm. Oh, okay. exciting! Well, let's let's be honest here. You know, it's, I know no Ferrari fan will uh, want to hear this, and that makes it more enjoyable to say. Um, if he goes to either Racing Point or Red Bull, he's moving up the grid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going to Racing Point is moving up the grid from Ferrari, and yeah. I can't. I I don't see unless Renault's uh, protest, which I don't think we'll come to anything because it's going to be so hard to prove anything uh you know it's they will i mean breaking time Renault do like um complaining about break ducts oh i did find i did see if anyone wants the notebook as well just in case any of our listeners didn't want the notebook they're not um complaining so they're not putting a, a protest in every weekend just to be pricks or like they just did constant. it once no no they've got to it's yeah. a it's a box ticking exercise oh, yeah, yeah. Because the parts from the Styrian Grand Prix have been impounded, um, Racing Point put new parts, ident- new identical parts on the car. So Renault had to protest those because if the if what they used in Styria was found to be illegal, if there wasn't a protest against even though they're identical parts being used in, in Hungary, Hungary yeah. then they would be classed as legal. It's the way that the FIA protest system works. But it, it's but bureaucratic it, hell. But it actually, it, it means that because they're protesting, I believe they get the points on count back for each race. If they, for if, each it, race that they protest at. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. If, yeah. so if they get disqualified, disqualified the points then count. Whenever they've protested they will get the the points on count back yeah so also just another another point we guys talked about ferrari about said moving up the grid uh carlos Sainz challenging and passing charles leclerc 
quite clearly proving that he's never going to sit behind Charles Leclerc. And nope. it was pretty elbowsy that move oh, as well. Was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was not brutal. It was hard, a hard pass. In, I mean, we've got to say, say to, I'd comment. Charles had the hard tires on at the time, didn't he? His tires weren't like no, yeah, awful. It wasn't when he had. It was later in the race, wasn't it? Mediums or hard? I thought it was just after the safety car, was it? It was. It was. It was. I think it was sort of fairly late. Sean, it was about the last quarter of the yeah, race. Yeah, but what I meant is, it wasn't during the soft tire phase where uh, Charles was left hanging out waiting for rain. When the rain didn't come, no, he, he had decent no, tires it was on. After that, because what you the, the other thing to know it was when we were going to get rain in five minutes. Yeah. Honest. The only the only thing to note is that he um, he was overtook by uh, uh, Carlos Sainz in an inferior car. I think that's worth he pointing was, out. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting interesting dynamic in that team next year. I do as well. For 10th place. <laughs> That's it. Ferrari, they don't really bring the results, but they bring the gossip and the drama, don't they? I mean, we, we, used, we used to say Honda was powered by dramas. Mm. Well, cause sorry, Merced- were... sorry, Mercedes powered by dramas. Yeah. Well, it was Honda powered by dreams before Honda yeah, came yeah. back into F1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, yeah, Mercedes are powered by dramas. No, that's Ferrari now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's, it's basically... Um... The flouncing horse. <laughs> so should we start at the back and work forward then? I um, I think that's probably the best way of doing it. And starting at the back this week is um, the team that are better on Saturdays than Sundays at the moment. Williams. Late, yes. late lunch on Saturday for the uh, for the entire Williams garage. Both team, both cars through to Q two. They're going to need a pay rise. Those mechanics actually happen to do. Work in Q2. Yeah, I mean, apparently now Williams are actually thinking to um, switch to sandwiches rather than a cooked lunch on Saturday mm. because they don't know when it's going to be served. Yeah, it used to be served at exactly the, the end of <laughs> Q1. Yeah. <laughs> now they've got that extra sort of 20 minutes work. It's like, we're staying up late. And George Russell's <laughs> nearly given them a full hour on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to give them a full hour this weekend. Didn't look like it didn't yeah, for a yeah. little bit. If you remember last year, he was uh, he was incredibly quick in qualifying, mm-hmm. wasn't he? I mean, last um, year we were saying, you know, he's, he's only like half a tenth away from Q2. Yeah. Now we're saying he's like round about a tenth away from Q3. Are we yeah. worried for the lad, and though? the Ferraris yeah. <laughs> in, in, in qualifying. Are we worried for the lad, though, doing another year at Williams? No, I don't think yet. so. I mean, that, snuck, that snuck out on uh, Friday, didn't mm-hmm. it? That Latifi and Russell are staying for another year. It snuck out. But George Russell had already said it. Yeah, he'd said he had a multi-year deal. Yeah, he, he'd already said before the season started, "I'm at Williams for 2021." But he did. Did you hear what he said uh, like that day during the press conference? Because it was it was quite. I think I think it was quite telling of how he felt about it. Because he said Claire, Claire wanted him to stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claire made it adamant that I have. Uh, she wants me to stay, and it 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 clearly showed that you know he it wasn't his choice where he was or what. I was think going of on. course he'd rather be in a Mercedes, mm-hmm. but I mean. Or anyway, I think know, if this was a full year, I mm. think he might have a shot at getting in that Mercedes next year. But because of um, you know this is only going to be a, a very rushed season, and next year's cars are going to be the same anyway. Mm-hmm. Just stick with the consistency. When the formula changes, then maybe who for me? Yeah, I mean, th- this this says to me that I think Williams have actually got some decent developments on the horizon. Why? Um, he seemed excited. About the fact that he was staying. He always think? seems excited. I, I didn't oh, think he sounded excited. I thought he sounded heartbroken. <laughs> heartbroken. He just no, but he dejected. Clearly, wasn't his decision. Somebody yeah. else wanted him to stay, and so he's staying. <laughs> well, the one thing I do think Williams are given, at least if they can, if they can work out how to give 
their drivers the quali pace in the race is it's at least the car seems balanced and they are giving a car that you know you know that we used to see with um like a decent minardi or a decent salba now and again where it was like mechanically a sound car which was well balanced and you give it to an exceptional driver and they'll go and stick it three seconds up the road from where it should be you know some you know, yeah yeah and it did in, in qualifying we seem to have that where george russell was able to put that car somewhere where it wasn't supposed to be 12th <laughs> well clearly not supposed to be 12th because and the tv did a good job as well you know mm-hmm. so we shouldn't forget of the course you know latifi did a great job getting to q2 as well but i mean sunday's it, not his friend though he started well Latifi <laughs> started well and then it went to crap did mm. they get a penalty for that he got it was an unsafe he release got a five second mm. time penalty yeah and an uns- a wrecked floor yeah it was unsafe release into carlos Sainz, which uh his brand new tire was punctured by the time he got to turn one where he spun round. And... he was still on the pit limiter when his tire was punctured yeah yeah he was yeah <laughs> but the um you know somebody on our discord was uh was saying oh did he not check his mirrors he's like well you Probably, but I mean, you, you, you know, you, what the team's you meant go to do. when the team, yeah. <laughs> you you see that green light mm-hmm. and you put your foot down. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, that's I don't, I, I, I'm not sure about this, but I'm pretty sure that the you're not going to see anything out of your mirrors. No, like, yeah. in, the, in the that pit small, lane. you're going to see your tire yeah. guy's ass or something. Yeah, so yeah, you're going to see someone who's right in your bl- yeah. who would be in your blind spot in a car in a normal road car. Yeah, you know, you would just wouldn't see them in your mirrors um, whatsoever. But someone did point so out you, could, you can't blame Nick Latifi for that. That's Williams's mechanics' fault. Yeah, and it was one of the um, sort of regular F1 journalists. I, I can't remember who it was. It was not not a, it was like a paper journalist, not a TV journalist. Um, they tweeted a picture of the head, like the on-screen graphics, you know, of the like the halo effects mm-hmm. uh, that they've got now, and said on it, said like literally the answer to these ridiculous mirrors that drivers have to use is staring us in the face now, because he was talking about the rear view screen on the graphics. That would probably get, work because get it's that in a into a car. Yeah, I mean you you've got that you've got that space in the three way join in the halo. Yeah, so you've got room Maybe, for the you've got room yeah. for the screen there. What's um, that going to do to aero though? I I, I do I don't even know. It will become it will be completely and you could actually completely encase it in the halo itself. You wouldn't have, have any bits sticking out. I don't if even McLaren's, think you'd do it in the halo. I don't think I don't think he was mean about sticking it in the halo. I think he just meant about using an LCD yeah. screen because like what the 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 first thing that jumped out to me would be you would either have it integrated into the on-screen display on the steering wheel or Williams it. You know how Williams have their dashboard on the front of the car and not the not the wheel? Yeah. So you could have it in front of you. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, I mean, it works for endurance racing because all mm-hmm. the 24-hour um, cars, yeah, yeah L- um, LMPs and GTs. Williams' um, speed tail doesn't have... Uh, sorry, Williams. McLaren's speed tail doesn't have um, mirrors. It has cameras and then the screens are inside the car to, yeah. to, to, to help with aero drag. Mm. I mean, it can't be long before a heads-up display in the helmet anyway. No, no, it can't be really. I'm surprised that uh, Indy um, with those uh, with those screens don't use heads-up displays yet. I think that I, I want to say Indy trialed something a bit mm-hmm. back, but um, it was just a little bit too uh, a little bit too distracting and needed a little bit more work. Yeah, they're still trying to figure out how to get cooling into those screens. So, 
to get quite warm in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in India have only just changed the regulations that you don't put the driver's water bottle next to the engine. Right. Got you. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, they thought it might be a good idea with uh, less air circulating in the cockpit for the drivers to be able to drink cold water. Good move. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I'm doing I'm doing the 500 next week. I've got a flask. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, anyway, back to, back to Williams. Yeah, it, Latifi ended up five laps down because of multiple pit stops, um, damaged floor, lost a lot of speed. Um, Don't know what happened to George. He got a bad start and then just kept falling backwards. Because he st- obviously he started well, he was saying he qualified well. Mm. He was like I think seventeenth by the end of like the first lap, and then it um, started on started on soft tires, and it was just the wrong call. Right. Okay. Um, oh, his first stop was for soft tires, and it was the the wrong wrong shape. Much like Charles Leclerc, was it Leclerc who stopped and then yeah. had yeah. to stop again because yeah, all the crap. all the runners who started on soft early on um, struggled. So. Um, he admitted as much after the race and just said uh, said it wasn't uh, it, ju- it was just the wrong way to go but um, they had to take they had to take a gamble because they weren't entirely sure what everybody else was going to be doing fair enough because um, they knew that people were going to be coming in in the first couple of laps but there wasn't time to actually think about the way to do it I mean the signs look encouraging for Williams but it's not encouraging that a circuit where straight line speed isn't no it's isn't not such an advantage mm. it, it, you know where, where they should really have had a bit more but the, pro- the problem the problem of course that, uh, the other problem that everybody had was uh, the amount of high tie degradation of, over the course of the weekend because F2 mm, and yeah, F3 but... really struggled with soft tyres just going to crap within sort of half their expected lifespan mm. Yeah, you know, uh, some of the F two drivers were expecting to get eight laps out of their soft tires, which I think are the same as the current F one soft yeah. compound, or as similar as you can get. And but they're, but they're different diameters, though, aren't they? Yeah, now? they're using so, the eighteen inch ones, yeah, yeah. but they were still only getting um, four or five laps before the tires were dying completely. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot more marbles offline than you'd expect. Bernie Eccleston will be pleased. Oh yeah. <laughs> and just for some just for some reason this week um the track was cuz it's not normally a tire killer. Well, I mean, I suppose or, the pressures as well on the lead up to this because we're halfway through the season essentially where you you'd have all this would be, yeah, normally. like data on the yeah. run up to this. Yeah, kind of playing guesswork a little bit with Yeah, uh, we're, we're kind of we're kind of 7 8 races down, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's Although no, we're not, because we're on the 2019 tires. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course. We're using last year's tires. So, hey, yeah, but it's still 2020 cars, isn't it? So mm. you know, it's the load that's going through the yeah, cars. It is, is yeah, be, it's the data, yeah. data from this year's cars with last year's tires. It's not going to, you know, correspond to last year's cars with mm. last year's tires. Yeah. Um. So an, another bad one. Another bad one for Williams. But you can't really say it was down to the car this week. It was down to things yeah pure dumb yeah. luck i mean they had yeah. a lucky saturday and an unlucky sunday but, yeah. they, were, but they weren't quick you know it's... No. no like i said the, yeah. a circuit where you know speed is kind of removed from the equation as a mm. you know a, a thing williams weren't really well they weren't there at all yeah. well i had uh i had damon hill arrows in my head at one point exactly where, yeah yeah that's know, what i was when, thinking when yeah. like george russell might go into q3 but 
those days appear to be gone. Hopefully the new rules might bring those surprise results back for us. Uh, you never know, but you probably do. Mm. Uh, right, Alfa Romeo next. Um, God, they have they have sunk this season. It was so anonymous. I don't I don't really know what happened. What were their finishing positions? Fifteenth the and seventeenth. Yeah. And G- Giovinazzi has tweeted something about hard work paying off. No, it's not paying <laughs> off. Giovinazzi. Well, no, no, no. He he worked hard for that participation medal. No, he doesn't even deserve one of them. Mm. Sorry, I like Antonio Giovinazzi, but he does not belong in Formula One. I am in Camp Lee with this one. Yeah, totally. With because like, <sighs> I'm beginning to think so. But your 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 teammate Raikkonen finished fifteenth, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So Raikkonen is you know four forty one, forty two, yeah, forty one, and he's probably as we said this last week, uh, probably going to retire at the end of the year. Giovinazzi needs to put him away, and he's not. I mean, of course, the other issue was I think um, didn't Raikkonen qualify twentieth? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Raikkonen yeah, was yeah. he was the for the very first time in his career, Raikkonen without penalties. Raikkonen qualified slowest, and then he got a penalty for lining up in the wrong grid box. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it wasn't the wrong grid box. It was it slightly was... out of line. Ah, right. Oh, was it... he didn't. Yeah, it was still he didn't. In the he, didn't wrong he didn't. Place. He didn't move into one of the Haas grid slots. He um, he wasn't lined up properly in his grid box. Right. Okay. But, but still, he got a penalty. He, he's done it enough times. You would yeah. think he'd know where to park. Yeah, but he got a penalty and yeah. still finished two places ahead that of his team. He actually point. only finished one place ahead. Um, Grosjean finished oh, 15th see, of but course. got the penalty. Hmm. So Grosjean was classified 16th. So in which case, was... that's even worse for Alfa Romeo then. Yes. is a bonus. That yes. means Giovinazzi couldn't even finish within 10 seconds of the car in front. No. no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's it's not a great season for. No. Uh, yeah, you were ahead of Williams. It's not a celebration no. for. Yeah, were ahead of Williams at some points of the weekend. A Williams that we've just said had lots of issues and didn't really excel. Especially, do, where, where did we decide Mick Schumacher had to do to be able to get into Formula One? He got to be top three, top six, top six, which did, he is at the minute. And Schwarzman is first, which would be more than enough for him as well. Yes. So they might have two. Yeah, I, but Schumacher did it a good way. Did he get two thirds? Yeah. yeah, two yeah. podiums this also, weekend. Also, Robert Kubica did FP1 in Kimi Raikkonen's car. Right, I, I I'm I wouldn't be surprised to see a return in Kubica. You know, no, I wouldn't because Q- he was Kubica, okay. Kubica, and who does better out of Schwarzman and Schumacher next a little season? Bit, yeah, because maybe I, I'm maybe for what everything we say about Ferrari, and we know we know Ferrari have got like the fingers in Alfa Romeo. Uh, but for oh, everything pardon. we say about Ferrari, yeah, um, they well, they, they like the feel of a rusty spoon. They are incredibly <laughs> loyal with their drivers, you know, and they're like people that have had contracts with them or that have worked for them. They seem like an incredibly loyal company. Any team that can hang on to Mark Genet for that long, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, like, they, they literally gave Vissi Keller a job because he was Italian. <laughs> for life. He was, yeah, forever. Yeah, he, he's, he, yeah, he's, they still own him. Yeah, <laughs> he, He's got a job at Ferrari for life. Yeah. They keep giving uh, Eddie Irvine cars. They I think that was give, in his contract. Keep, yeah. Yeah. They keep but, giving Toro Rosso rejects. Like, yeah. Same time. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised given the fact that... Uh, Kubica like had that Ferrari contract all done and dusted. I wouldn't be surprised if they repaid that contract with a Salvo Alfa Romeo drive. Yeah, quite possibly. The, you mean the one that is paying about twelve million euros a year for? Yeah, yeah. But even, look, so look, there's there's more than enough people in the world that uh, are, are driving that have rich parents 
that are like a Latifi or like a Stroll that are quite willing to give Alfa Romeo 12 million for a drive. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's looking quite glum for them at the moment, but the other possibility, I suppose, could be that they've just sort of designed their car for this year and next and gone, you know what? Leave that one. We're never going to win a race with it. Let's concentrate on 2022. I think it's the engine, mate. I think I think all the oh, Ferrari think, yeah. cars I mean, are fucked yeah. because we've, of we've, we've seen the numbers about how much the Ferrari engine's down on power compared to... Yeah. Uh, the cheating engine. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, the, the engine that we're not allowed to talk about because it um, spoils the non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> so there was a blank in the back of that car. Yeah. But yeah, I, I predict a long 18 months for Alfa Romeo. I mean, but like, as Sean said last week, you know, there's the engine freeze going into 2020 as well. Mm. You know, so how fucked a Ferrari and for how long? Yeah. Yeah, and it's anything with a Ferrari Ferrari in the back of it is screwed. This is why I'm saying it's a long 18 months for Alfa Romeo. Sorry, hang on. The end of next season. Just let me preface. I sounded concerned then. I really think it's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Making you feel warm and fuzzy inside of Ferrari doing a bad job. Uh, right, Alpha Tori next. Um, yeah, Gasly's car vaping in the pits. What happened there? Because that kind of looked to me like Button's retirement in Monaco, where somebody forgot to remove the coolant tape. Or no, the, the gearbox block. gearbox blew. Oh, was that what it was? It was already on his second. I was going to say because he had a new power unit fitted mm-hmm. for. It was race, on his second then... complete power unit of the weekend mm-hmm. because uh, that's why he didn't go out in Q3 on Saturday. Yeah, it did sound rough as well. Because it, it, it sounded like the, it sounded like there was something loose in mm. it. Shit's being unreliable, isn't it? You know, can you imagine if we'd have done a full season? Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, they um, they fit the new power unit for Sunday, and then the gearbox just went. Yeah, terrible. And My favourite thing is... about that when he came in was there was smoke billowing out of it, and some mechanic just goes and like has a look right up the exhaust. Like, what yeah. are you doing? You, you, ex- you expect the sort of comedy pull away, and he's got the black ring round yeah. his eye. That's yeah. clearly not good for you. Yeah. Don't breathe that. It's it, what you didn't hear on that camera was him go. Yeah, it's going to cost you that, mate. Yeah, well, everybody <laughs> heard what what Ted Kravitz was saying from the grandstand when he when when Gasly pulled in. It was just like I can smell burning oil, plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine other. what that guy could smell then, looking mm. right into it. Yeah, probably impervious to those sorts of things. He's the kind of guy, <laughs> the kind of guy who stands out the back of the of your workplace, you know, with a tire fire, just watching. <laughs> what Ted Kravitz didn't realize. Everybody what? knows. Everybody's seen someone like that, haven't they? Yeah. Like, like just watching a fire. Like, what are you doing? But, That's but, that guy. Uh, what Ted Kravitz didn't realize was it wasn't the car that was making the smell. Red Bull had the young driver furnace going out the back. <laughs> It's getting a bit chilly. Stick another couple of Formula, formula Euro Cups on there. <laughs> Gasly was the first of the drivers to um, ask to pit for uh, slicks on the uh, on the formation lap, and we wondered why the team were ignoring him. Mm. And as it turns out, it was illegal for them to answer. Yes, mm. uh, well, illegal for them to give the driver instructions. If they hadn't said anything and he decided to pull in by himself, I think mm. that would be legal. But because the team didn't say pull in, then it it was all fine, which yeah. led to the Hass issues that we'll get to shortly. Yeah, that, Danny Kvyat. I think it's ridiculous that in those it situations, mm. because to, think about like what we saw with Lando Norris in the last yeah. the last few laps. Like, like, you know, scenario seven: push, overtake, and hold it for five seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if that's but, not driver coaching, but telling someone to come into the pits is having a because that for me it's a safety issue. Mm-hmm. If you've got a drying track. And you can go on sl- uh, onto slicks, and you and you're on wet, or you're on wet, and you can you know do the yeah, other yeah, way around. The other way around, yeah. 
you should be able to turn around and say, I think we can go onto Slicks. What do you think, Dave? Mm-hmm. And Dave should be able to go, whatever you think, Peter. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. You can't just randomly pull up into the pits, are you? You've got to the team. You've got to, you've got to know yeah, the yeah. team you've are ready tell, and have yeah. got those tires. You can't yeah. just be yeah. pulling up like but hi. I, I think this is a throwback to um, everyone's favourite US Grand Prix ever, because of all the team instructions that were going on on the um, on the formation lap. Mm. And apparently McLaren um, were having an argument with Kimi all the way around because he, st- he said that he still wanted to race and they were worried that he wouldn't come in. Well, you know, it's a throw- it's part- it was part of the new rules, wasn't it, that the uh, starts have to be completely manual by the driver. That's what it is. So you can't you can't tell the driver what to do and how many revs to hold and stuff mm, like that. That's, yeah. what, that's why it's there. But yeah, you would think, can I come in for new tyres, please? Yeah, all right, we'll get ready. Yeah, you think, Should yeah, it's all right, Should be a perfectly acceptable yeah, exchange. Exactly, yeah. But no. But no, apparently. Because it's even, yeah. it was no, even no talking. banning the burnouts, wasn't it? You know, yeah. like they used to tell them how many burnouts mm-hmm. to do and how, for how yeah. many seconds and stuff mm. like that. It was to stop all that bollocks. But also... Um, I mean, don't, don't, ban, don't ban the burnouts because the Red Bull tyre... Sorry, Alpha Tori tyre fire guy wants to smell them. Exactly. <laughs> Danny Kivyat, though, thumbs up. Mm. Good drive. Yeah, 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 did all right. Quite anonymous, but yeah. just, you know, got on with it. I mean, to be honest, an, an, an anonymous race for Kvyat where he finishes in on near the points is... That's that's Kvyat 2.0. Where's... What, wait, what's happened to Toro Rosso? I know Alfa Tori, but, you know, I'm talking about past as well. As in, like, their pace or... Yeah. You know, roughly where they always have been, aren't do they? Do you think... No, because... No, but they were consistent mid-grid point scorers at one point. Just at the moment, they're towards the back of the mid-grid. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't, don't forget, they were consistent mid-grid point scorers. When... Before Honda, this is the point I'm trying to make. Mm. Oh, right, I thought, I thought you were going to say sort of over the last few years because um, Force India were never good at the first part of the season and McLaren have been shite and yeah, no, no, so but that's, it's, that's it's four just, places they're losing. Just whatever's gone up, whatever's between the Honda relationship and the right, Red Bull Yeah, I just group, think... I think it's other teams stepping forward. Yeah, the only team that's gone backwards is Ferrari, and mm. they haven't gone back enough to go back like to to Alpha Tauri. Yeah. Whereas Renault, McLaren, and Racing Point have all made a step forward, and I just mm. don't think I think they haven't, or they haven't made a bigger step forward. Yeah, because I mean they they were really the 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 four teams that Toro Rosso, Alpha Tauri, were kind of in that scrap with. All right, they were towards the middle or the bottom of that scrap. Mm. But now the other the other three participants have moved on, and Red Bull two mm. haven't stepped up yet. Mm. It's it's two Red Bull reject drivers as well. You've got to assume Red Bull probably aren't giving them complete free reign with the yeah, checkbook yeah. at the minute because those aren't the two drivers they care about. But the problem the problem is they haven't got really anyone to uh, replace them at the moment. Exactly. So they're just holding until Yuki Tsunoda mm. and Liam Lawson are ready, and then. Mm. Then they'll go all in on that. Is that the Japanese driver that they're trying to get ready? Yuki yeah. Tsunoda. Yeah. yeah, he is Partial. Honda owned I was in say he's, Red he's Bull Hon- program. I was going to say he's Honda, isn't he? Yeah, as well as Red Bull, and of course Liam F2 Lawson. F two or F three. He's in F two. Um, Liam Lawson in F three also looks fairly handy. But best fire of the weekend. Did catch fire, which was not. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, all the way from turn so one to turn four, doing a Ramstein tribute <laughs> yeah, show. So, so that was impressive. So he's Red Bull Junior. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's quite a few of them. There's um, Jay and Deruvula in F two as well, who really has looked very average in F two, and Jack Doohan in F three as well, mm-hmm. who hasn't really done much yet, but he's. 
He's I a doing. Fresh, he is that. He is a McDoing child. Yeah. Yes. So he will fight anyone that gets in his way. Yeah, but yeah. Um, he's got Jack- that pedigree, though. As that's the thing. He, he'll, mm. his, his name might carry him further yeah. than than you know not having the name. He's first year F three as well. But he he in um, in lower formula has chosen to use the number thirty three. So if he gets to, to Red Bull, McDoing might have to fight Jos Verstappen. <laughs> Pay per view, <laughs> get it streamed. Celebrity death match. Yes, that'd be a good fight, though. I reckon. Oh, MTV need to bring that back, man. Celebrity death, death match. match. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They keep threatening it every um, every six months or so. Mm. Yeah, not CGI, proper plasticine. Yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. that's the that's the only way to do it. Uh, right, has or next. real celebrities. Oh yeah, mm. real celebrities. <laughs> Hass. Hass. Hass, the illegal Hass. Looks like rock stars at the early stages. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Third and fourth, they were well, running. They were. It was a great move. Mm. You know, it was a great move. They made did. The, that call made by a strategist who had to go home injured because he fell off his bike mm-hmm. at um, Styria, as it was, um, broke his arm, and was working remotely. Oh. Yeah, it was a good call. Is, uh, yeah. yeah, a great strategy call over Skype. Mm. But however. <laughs> Grosjean just lost all the pace. I yeah. think it's harsh to say that they look like wankers because I mean I don't think it's their fault they no. were given a ten, pe- ten second no. penalty. No, but Grosjean wasn't in the points. You know, no, Grosjean was. Magnussen managed to keep it in the mm-hmm. points. Grosjean was behind Magnussen anyway, wasn't he? I think it was Magnussen. Grosjean. Was the, yeah, Magnussen was third. Grosjean was fourth. Yeah, because yeah, when, when the double stacked in the pits, because Magnussen was ahead on the grid, wasn't he? Yes. And I then they so. they just yeah, as you say, they just dropped away. They dropped away so fast. Mm. Well, Grosjean did. Magnussen dropped slightly slower. Magnussen dropped and then came back when people realised they made bad tyre choices because mm. he mm. was on the cusp of going out of the points and then people ha- made second or third stops. I think Magnussen was... Uh, I think, did he make one stop or did he do two? I think he made one... I think he made that early one and then another one. And then I think. another one later on, yeah. And it could it could have gone really badly wrong because um, Magnussen was the only driver at the start or at the start of the formation lap on the full wet. He was, yeah, yeah, quite right. Yeah. Everybody else was on inters, and he went out on the full wets, and if they hadn't have come in... It was the fake, wasn't it? It was the Mercedes mm. fake, but done by Haas, the reverse. Mm. Like they're starting on wets. Yeah. Pull him into the pits, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though? Even though they got the 10-second penalty, it probably still cost them less time than if they hadn't done it. Mm. Probably, actually, yeah. Yeah, definitely in Magnussen's case, because he, yeah. he would have been he would have been about 10 to 15 seconds off the back yeah, yeah, would, in those would, conditions on yeah. those tyres. He would actu- be looking for wet bits yeah. of track. Yeah. If he'd actually managed to get rammed to the pits well, after lap one with, with the car intact. If you put him in the position, if, if you don't give him the penalty and you don't put go in that position, he wouldn't have scored points anyway. Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. yeah. So yeah. at least he still caught, was he 10th in the end? Yeah, yeah. finished 9th, yeah. demoted so to 10th. Got a point. Yeah, get, gamed the system perfectly. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think we, I think we can say for that call, Haas this week, rock stars. I think so. Mm. Haas strategy department. Strategy rock star. There's a better rock star later on the grid, or, or up, up the grid, I think. Yeah, we'll do that at the end, the yeah. rock star, but, but contenders so definitely. There. Definitely contenders. Yeah. Oh, best, yeah. Best Haas yeah. race for, what, two seasons? Mm. So, um, I mean, it's the first points finished since Russia last year. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't have too many points finishes before Russia last year. No. no. You know, it's... We, we knock them, we take the piss, but it's good to see them in the points. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well they, they don't want them to fail, but... You even know. when they pop up there in third and fourth, at least it felt like they made an impact on the race. You know, it wasn't yeah. like they were... 
they, they inherited a couple of places because people fell out or something like that. At least they made a mark on a race. They once. they did more for each each Haas driver did more for that race than Joe Benazzi. and clouds. <laughs> well, they kept threatening. <laughs> they were stuck behind Leclerc, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> that's just his general. Everyone else. That's just the general liquid that spills from his cockpit. No, it's just his salty, don't storm clouds Leclerc follow too. Charles Leclerc everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, that's a lyric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have we got next? McLaren. Um, further down than we'd expect to see yeah, them. Yeah, but... I was, I was, I was thinking we'd we'd get something more. Um, Science finished, crossed the line in tenth, got yeah. promoted to ninth, obviously with the uh, K-Mag penalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lando nightmare start, just didn't really recover. Yeah, yeah said it was his fault, mm-hmm. and then uh, helped take the car apart at the end of the race mm-hmm. and say sorry to the mechanics. So. We'll find out more about that later. Yes. I think we've or sooner. We could see with McLaren, they seem or to now. have a f- an okay car or a good car, you know, good mid-grid point-scoring car. But because the, the grid's so tight, make a mistake and you haven't got the car to push forward because everyone's Cause so well-matched. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And also, we were, we were used, weren't we, to McLaren-Honda days, seeing that um, McLaren would do well at um, Hungary because it wasn't a power-dependent circuit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of good that they're kind of on a level playing with everybody else because it means that going to circuits where their power is going to be important, they're probably probably going to have it because they had the same fallback as as, as the other teams as well. Yeah, yeah. So rather rather than jumping forward as we expected Williams mm-hmm. to do. Mm. They had a bit of bad luck in the pits as well, McLaren. Um, Signs had that little clash oh, with the yeah. which and they couldn't release done him Norris. Any favors. Norris had to yeah. be held for a mm. while. Yeah, I think uh, also on science stop, uh, there was a little bit of a delay with uh, one of the rear wheels. Mm. I think the the left rear, I think, lost about a second and a half on that, which kind of ended up with the Latifi problems. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all in all, lost about two seconds on that stop and track position. Mm. So you know, it's one it's one of those circuits where you know it's it's not an overtakey circuit as well. No, it's hard to overtake, which is why you know drivers who did overtake, you know, deserve deserve the plaudits. But yeah, McLaren struggled to find decent race pace. Mm. Um, We're talking about not being an overtaking circuit, but then um, science making that move on Leclerc. Mm. Yeah, well, it was great, a fantastic move. Yeah, as we were we were talking before we looked at the race, it was it was brave, um, and he had to make it stick, and he did. And was it Norris who defended from Leclerc as well? I think it might have been at one might point. Yeah, Norris yeah. Who, who and just refused to let him pass. Mm-hmm. And that was fantastic defending as well from Lando Norris. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I think Norris was on worn tyres. Leclerc was on fresh tyres. And mm. um, but yeah, fantastic defending just to keep him behind. But I mean, just just for that extra couple of laps. Yeah, even still, you know, showing guts even when you you know your chips are down. Mm. And of course. With Leclerc being stuck behind uh, Lando, that kind of helped to his usual Ferrari position for this season of 11th. There's always a Ferrari in 11th. <laughs> this is the new... Oh, Hulkenberg's in 5th. Yeah, Ferrari in 11th. Yeah. The uh, Hulkenberg will still pop up in 5th at some point this year. Yeah, faster than a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But the, Well, no, definitely. But the... Um, yeah, the, the, unfortunate for McLaren, but hopefully they're, they're you know, not a great race, but they'll yeah. push forward. But then, uh, then we do move on to the 11th best team on the grid. The 11th best team. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, qualifying looks up. Qualifying looks okayish for them, but I mean, it, it shouldn't be okayish. It's Ferrari. They should be 
challenging. I mean, I mean, they got, they're both got into Q3. Yeah. At a circuit where power is not, mm. yeah, uh, the thing. You know, it's not. It's not such a. Yeah, but it's also point. it's also a dog of a car that needed upgrading after the first race of the season. It's still, hands less... up if you think they're not going to get through both cars out in Q1 at Silverstone. Oh, maybe. Jeez, I in do... Q1 is bold. Is it the fourth best car though? Let's let's be let let's be honest here without sort of fourth best. Too much I think I did a list, didn't I? And I think I had Ferrari and Renault roughly at the yeah, same. Yeah, I think they might be fifth. I think you've got Mercedes out yeah. front quite clearly at the moment. Uh, Red Bull. Yeah. Red Bull Racing Point. I think Red Bull at the moment. probably. Yeah, Racing Point. Yeah. I've got a funny feeling that that Racing Point might be a quicker car than... McLaren. The... McLaren are car-wise ahead of think? Ferrari. Yeah. And then Renault or Ferrari. So, I'm not sure. I still think... I think... I think the because you saw best with, case scenario they've got the fourth best car. But you saw you, you, you saw it with <laughs> Ricardo racing uh, the the way he raced this weekend. I I think the the Renault is on par with McLaren. I don't think there's much between them. No, I don't think there's much between Renault and McLaren. But I think Ferrari are probably around that, probably a little bit behind at the moment. Oh, Monza's gonna be. But look at <laughs> uh, look at Vettel. Yeah, because there was there was two cars there. Yeah, Vettel did well. Yeah, did uh, he finished sixth? Yeah, yeah. I think that's where that car should be. You know, I think it was there was more they kept more a case of Vettel just having. I think we'll the car see where it should be, and Vettel, and Lecrae Le not having a very good race. I think we'll see at these power dependent circuits that are coming up. We got two Silverstones. Spain's not so much power dependent, really. Mm. And then have we got another break before we go Belgium? Longer straight on, mm. the, on the calendar, though, isn't it? Or oh, it used to be longer straight on it the calendar. It used to be, yeah, years ago. It's not anymore. Mm. Uh, and then we've got um, Belgium mm. and Monza after that. Yeah. So quite a lot of power-dependent circuits mm. coming up in the next five races. Probably going to struggle at Monza. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I think will keep them from going out in Q1 is the fact that there are other Ferrari-powered cars on the grid that are slower than them. Mm. I don't know. I still think... I still think fundamentally they have the fourth best car. Even still, that's not good enough. They've got the, they've got the best car with the Ferrari engine. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's a best case scenario. Yeah. Fourth, mm. fourth best oh, yeah, car. The problem absolutely. is, even if they have got the fourth best car, they've still got Ferrari strategy. Oh, yeah. Oh, which it's, is, it's, not a good, it's not a good time. <laughs> no. As said, he was not <laughs> driving for Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Bonotto said that, uh, yes, they are open to, um, to um, management and personnel shakeups this year. Mm-hmm. Um, by Mattia, which I think he might. I, I think he he might mm-hmm. he might not see twenty twenty two. But shock, like when haven't Ferrari been open to personnel shakeups? Usually, what year has there not been a Ferrari personnel shakeup? Oh no 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 no! no, 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 no come, come on, Pietro what, Ferrari grabs you. What when Mansell joined? <laughs> when when the contract is still when the ink on the contract is still slightly damp on the new team principals deal it's a stable team yeah <laughs> second that second that contract dries oh shit nobody's safe and yeah Ferrari are just gonna I, I can see Ferrari doing the usual thing of right it's not working get rid of everybody start again oh it didn't work straight away yeah mm. It's not ideal. It's, I, I... it's not ideal, but it's what Ferrari do, and it worked for them right up to two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. The, the problem is they keep trying to, you know, it's to use a fucking overused adage. It's it's the lightning in a bottle thing, isn't it? And they they had it at one point with the Schumacher, Burn, uh, Ross Braun, uh, Todd, John, yeah, the group, the dream team, the band. 
Mm. They're not getting the band back together. You know, it's you can't you can't look your way or or buy your way even into having that click again with people. And it it always seems to be that they're constantly trying to make Ferrari from the mid to early mid to early two trying to rebuild the old glory years. Yeah, yeah. And it's not it's it's not forward thinking, and that's the problem. Look at McLaren, and, I, and I'm sat here in a Kiss T-shirt with two non-original members wearing original member makeup. Oh yeah, the final live <laughs> shows ever is that? Yeah, that tour's still actually going on. This is from a year ago this okay. week. But McLaren are the perfect example of this. It would if it would be like McLaren uh, after the fucking shambles of getting Honda involved, if they kept on trying to be the Ross. Uh, Dennis, Ron Dennis McLaren. Yeah. You know, but they haven't, and they've hired new people in. The they whole team, forward. the mm. team has a completely different dynamic to what McLaren used to be. Yeah. And it's worked for them. And I think it's something Ferrari need to do. That's why I think the best the best Ferrari have been for a while was when um, oh, Dominicali was in because the team felt different. The team felt fresh when Dominicali was in. And they inst- they got rid of him and tried to go back with this solemn, fucking wooden Ferrari boss. Arriva Benny, yeah, I no, quite liked Arriva Benny. Oh, I mean, the Arriva Benny Hill show was hilarious. There was one in between them, and I can't remember what his name was, but he was a proper like, yeah, just manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember who Arriva no. Benny replaced. It was it was some complete non-entity. He was yeah. not exciting. Corporate guy. Yeah, I'll have a quick Google while you talk but, amongst yourselves. It, it, but it didn't work. You know, it didn't work no. for them. And uh, something, something needs to be done. I don't know what needs to be done for them. So, um, quote today from um, De Montezemolo. Apparently, he was offered the presidency of Formula One, and Ferrari vetoed it. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Bernie, Bernie had um, offered him the job, wow. and um, Ferrari kiboshed it. Okay, fair enough. That sounds a bit strange for one of their own. But Jean Tot is at the moment, anyway, isn't he? No, this was president of Formula oh, One. Formula not, One, sorry. Yeah, not the not FIA. FIA. The Max Mosley position. Marco Mattiacci, apparently, oh, was, was the God, one in between yes. Domenicali yeah. and Arriva Benny. Yeah, the very Italian-looking man. Yeah, well-remembered. No, well, well, Googled. well Googled. Well Googled. Wikipedia, no, well done no, for remembering. Well remembered that he was even That something there. existed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah the, the other three of us had completely blanked his existence. Yeah. <laughs> Marco Mattiacci, I do remember. Yeah, he was wooden. Yeah, yeah we, I liked Riva Bene. Yeah, we used to call Benet. him Marco Matarazzi because that was the closest we could remember. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was only famous for being headbutted by Zinedine Zidane. <laughs> After calling Zidane's mother a goat. <laughs> Go I mean, she, compliment I mean she was good, but she wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I, I, I reckon we're in for another six-month period of comedy Ferrari management. Yeah. The Arriva Benny show. The Arriva Benny Hill show. Yeah. Y- you know, I mean... Do they buy someone? Do they, like... Charlie Jefferson, wasn't it, who put that together for us? Yeah. Who's available to buy, though? I don't think I don't think it is. I th- I think they will pluck some executive out of the sports car division. Is Riva Bene at Juventus? He is on the board of Juventus. Yes. Very strange. Yeah. Mm. Or they'll or they'll get another another cigarette salesman like Riva Bene was. Sorry, vape salesman now. Mm. You know, because they're missing wins now. And um, mission I, not now. I think I called it in on Discord, <laughs> <laughs> which of course wasn't allowed on the uh, on the overalls this week because no. 
you're even not allowed to advertise not tobacco in Hungary. Yeah, mm. um, same but, in Silverstone, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. But yeah, they'll, they'll get they'll get somebody from a different division of the um, of the group, or right. they'll bring somebody in from. Got him. The C- the current CEO of Philip Morris, uh, Andre Kalantzopoulos, um, did work as a design engineer in the automotive industry before becoming Mr. Cigarette. Right. Could be him. Okay, yeah. so that could be the next Ferrari team principal, and you heard it here first. He is Greek, though, which is not the Ferrari way. Sergio Marchioni was Canadian. I thought he was from New Jersey. I thought, I'm pretty he sure had the Sergio right Marchioni style name, Canadian. though, didn't he? Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm going to Google Sergio Marchioni. Yeah, t- TLDR Ferrari fucked again. Right, uh, where are we next? Racing points. Um, impressive in qualifying. Lance, Lance Stroll yeah. qualifying in third. I've, I've got to say, if you give Lance Stroll a good car, he does a good job. Yeah. Uh, if he can keep this up, what what he's doing right now, he will deserve the, the seat over um, Sergio Perez. Yeah, if he keeps it up. Be, and the only, if, if people complain... if let, let's We've say, been harsh on, on Lance oh, yeah, Stroll. Absolutely. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but he's never had a good tee, yeah. a, good, a good car. But if he can do this and keep doing it, then... Even even if he only matches or is slightly behind Sergio Perez for the rest of the season, I would still keep him because he's younger. I I'm waiting. I mean, I've got a better opinion of Stroll than I have had. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. The, the, I mean, the real the real clincher for Stroll is going to be Belgium because we know Stroll is good on the circuits where it's gas brake turn, gas brake turn, gas brake no, turn. No, but to be fair, that's, Hungary that's, is a technical circuit. That's where, it's, but it's it's not. A fast technical circuit. This is yeah, this is fair. why Spa will be the clincher for for me mm. because it's a fast technical circuit. Yeah, it takes some bollocks. Yeah, so. and if he can put in a good performance in Spa, I take it back. Yeah, I, you know, I take back what I said. Yeah, he has got it because mm-hmm. we'll see him in a fast car on a fast circuit driving fast. Yeah, and if it, if he can do all those three, yeah, he deserves to be an F one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's fair. Um, you know, his stock, his stock is definitely on the rise at the moment. Absolutely, he, he had a great drive. Uh, he's just got to keep it now. He's got to keep keep the momentum he has. Yeah, yeah. Because Hungary's not a circuit where we would. To be normally... fair, we're not talking about him at the minute, are we? <laughs> <laughs> but Hungary's not a circuit where you would think you know Stroll would be particularly strong because it's not point and squirt, which is a circuit he's usually good at. It's quite technical, Hungary, isn't it? For, let's be honest, mm. from from turn one. All the way through to the you know turn thirteen, where it was the last turn, the it's, twisty turny bits. It's mm-hmm. all it's all turn. It's all technical. You know, yeah. There's a few straight, very few straight bits, but you know, it's positioning the car ready for the next turn. Yeah. Isn't the second day on rest zone one of the shortest on the calendar? Something like that. But mm. it's uh, yeah, he did really well, and I'm quite impressed with. He was uh, my driver of the day, Lance Stroll. Yeah, I think he was. I think that's. I don't think it's an unworthy, you know, acclaim mm. to give yeah. to him. I mean, to I'll, 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 like, I think. Real realistically, you probably have to give it to Lewis just because of, you know, he did the business, didn't he? Like he did a, a Lewis Hamilton race. He went got m- pole millions of miles into the into the future and just left everyone. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like, but Bottas seems broken again. But if you take him out, like I think Lance Stroll was fucking ace. Uh, By the way, Sergio Marchioni, it's ha- born in Italy but had dual Italian Canadian citizenship. I, I always thought it was from. I always thought it was a Joyzy boy, G- Toronto apparently. Ah, that's 
near enough. It's just not north of the border yeah. along yeah, a up, bit. Up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's not too far. <laughs> up a um, bit, up a bit, left a bit, left a bit. <laughs> <laughs> All the Canadians are now going, that's not how geography works. No. They're down. <laughs> We're not up. <laughs> um, Perez, are we seeing him in his last season in a pink car? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I think technically he's got a contract, but... But Lance Stroll's dad has a lot of money to make sure yes. Sergio Perez well, he doesn't can make have people a go away. I Rich. believe that there is <laughs> make people go away. <laughs> what day is it? Dear, talking of Canadian businessmen, <laughs> something has to happen. But, but I, I think it's the twenty eighth of July. But I could be wrong, and it could be the twenty third of July. It's one of the two. It's probably going to be the twenty first, and we'll get bombarded by Tuesday uh, news. Probably taste. right. Wait, today so being the twentieth, either has already happened, is going to happen, yeah, or maybe. will have already be happening. But there is a break clause in his contract uh, it's, for it's, Perez or yeah, for Racing Point for Racing Point before the end of the month. But it has to be initiated before that date, which is either early twenties or late twenties. Which would have been the summer break. I think, which would make Probably sense. Probably would have been, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 He's he's done an interview um, post race as well, Perez, where he's saying, "Well, Stroll's not going to sack his son." Mm. So I think he's kind of Martin resigned Brundle that if someone's thing, coming yeah. in, it's yeah. it's going to be for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Perez to Haas next season. That'd be great for yeah. probably, probably replacing Grosjean, and I'm quoting uh, quoting Ted Kravitz here on the notebook because also, he, he also was brings sponsor money as well because has yeah. has still a blank canvas, yeah, isn't yeah. It? just their name mm. on the side. No, it's still got the what is it, Jack and Jack and Jones, the clothing company on the back oh, of the yeah. on the back of the rear wing. Which I want to say that comes with Magnussen. I think you know, it possibly does. Yeah, because for that isn't that he? sponsorship's on it's Jack Jones on the car, isn't it? Yay! <laughs> but of course, the problem is sponsoring um, sponsoring the rear wing on a house. You only see it when it gets lapped. Yeah, you don't see it very often. Backed yeah. into a barrier. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. We already have. Yes. Will have has. Y- yes. After the Perez news Didn't future has yeah. not happened. Yeah. Anyway, we'll stop. We'll stop. We'll stop breaking time. Um, yeah, I mean Perez. It was one of his get on with it drives. I think he, he fell backwards a bit, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, it was quite a poor drive. Yeah, yeah you know, it's it didn't work for him. He had a big off, or like not a big off, but he uh, he. Uh, I, do, I think he aquaplaned, and a Red Bull definitely got past him at some point. My predictions before the race, I was still quite confident because I said Hamilton, Bottas, Perez. Before the race, I was thinking, all right, this is still looking pretty good. Mm. You think uh, it's going to be a tire management kind of day, don't yeah, you? Yeah, that's, that's what I that's thought. That's his yeah. thing. Exactly, yeah. Tire management because everybody else's tires are going to burn up and Perez mm-hmm. will look after his. And he might not be quick enough for the Mercedes, so third is about as good as he's going to get. Yeah. I'm feeling all right with this one. And then it just wasn't at all because no. Perez fell away and Verstappen's car got fixed in time. And you just reminded me, I haven't actually updated our um, prediction results from this well, race. Yeah, we'll, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do that later. <laughs> another jump cut nobody will notice if we don't talk about it now uh, but damn yeah it. damn yeah I think <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think Stroll's doing a very good job um, Perez I don't think his head's elsewhere just yet but uh, I, I don't think th- he had a rookie race I don't think yeah I don't think the talk is going to be helping him mm. I think being out qualified might have sh- rattled him a little bit as well yeah, because yeah. it was such a non-event last yeah. year. Mm. Yeah, Stroll was out in Q1 almost every race last year, and yeah, then was all it? of a Pe- sudden he's third. Behind. Perez out-qualified Stroll 18-3, according to a stat that Sean put up at the mm. weekend. 
And now this season, Stroll's third and Perez is fourth. <laughs> shows, up, shows how things can change. Um, like, like I said, I don't know if I said it last week on the podcast, maybe he's like a Damon Hill type driver. Remember when Damon Hill was in a rubbish car and the Brabham, he was not really anywhere. Nobody really gave him Damon Hill any anything. But then all of a sudden, Damon Hill took Mansell seat at Williams because they couldn't sign Prost and Senna at the same time. And um, Damon Hill was pretty good in a Williams because he had the better car. Yeah. Mm. Not saying yeah. it's all down to the car, but some drivers adapt better. And I, th- I can't remember who we were talking to. I think it was Sean um, who said that Damon Hill got better the more horsepower you gave him in mm. lower formula he wasn't that great but the, when he started moving up the formula he actually got better and better and better and his best formula was Formula 1 and then when he drove the dog up a Jordan he actually wanted to retire halfway through the season yeah <laughs> uh, right binary team of the week Red Bull no have not we, really hang on have we missed Renault at some oh point? we have missed Renault we did miss Renault 8th eighth and, eighth and 14th yeah I skipped, we skipped from Haas to McLaren mm. oops what happened to Ocon I don't know what happened to Ocon. Passed by Norris on the last lap. Last lap Lando got Esteban Ocon on the last lap. But, but why was he down there? Don't know. I don't think there was a particular reason. I think just, he was, yeah, just He was one just of, proving me yeah. right. Was that yeah. what he was doing? Yeah, I think just so. Proving I think me he right. was just, yeah, just one of those Thought that didn't so. have it. Yeah. Ricardo looked quite, quite, uh, I don't mean this in a sexy way, he looked quite racy. <laughs> he was, uh, he was, you know, <laughs> racing no, no, cars. We, we, Jensen's Instagram. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we saw his elbows this week, that, yeah. That's nearly as God, much that's, as, that's, as the Carlos Sainz hot chocolate picture. Yeah, we saw Danny Rick's elbows Both this weekend, which things. sounds Victorian. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we did see uh, Danny Rick doing a bit of, um, you know, like you say, a bit, a bit of shoving, a little bit of, you know, just this is my space. Mm. Um, I don't mean the social media yeah. platform. Yeah, I mean, I think I think 2007. We're seeing, we're seeing a lot less uptight Danny Rick this season because he knows he's he knows he's got the exit from Renault and the car's the better than it was him. last year. There's there's less pressure on him yeah. than there was in I think it's just a better car. Yeah but we see it sometimes year. with drivers as well, don't we? When they know when the pressure's off, when they know if they've got a seat for next year yeah, or they yeah. know that they they're leaving and they're going somewhere else. They just relax and they mm-hmm. just get on with it. And Danny Rick's done exactly that, uh, which I don't think he's been able to do for the last few seasons mm-hmm. and uh, you know he is uh, putting Ocon away at the moment. But I, I I think I don't think we're giving Renault enough credit for that car being a decent car. Yeah, yeah I think it's good. Yeah. Well, it's, it is so much better yeah. than last year's heat yeah. ten. But Ricardo said in pre-season testing though, like the on the last day, the car felt really good, and he you know he was quite happy going to Australia. Yeah, they've but, done a good job. But don't don't forget that in 2018, Renault Alonso is going to win a championship in it. No, <laughs> the twenty in twenty eighteen, Renault had the fourth best car. They were the they were the you know they were the best of the rest. Mm. Formula one point five champions. Yeah, because it was it was Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. Yeah, and the gap was then the big gap down to Renault. Renault were the fourth best team. Yeah, McLaren took that mantle in twenty nineteen. Then Renault had a terrible car, and yeah, Renault sort of clambered their way back a bit, but they're not easily best of the rest like they mm. were in in twenty eighteen. But they're more competitive than they were last year. Which is a, a positive thing. Yeah. But as we keep saying, we've got a competitive midfield. Mm. And hell, that's good because, you know, we we don't want fourth place to be predictable. It, it is no. good. But it, it, for me, it's compounding like the problem we have with Formula One where 
the whole thing needs bunched up. Yeah, that, that's the thing, though. It's making the best out of the situation that we've got at the moment yeah. and we're going to have for the next year and a half. Yeah, and it, you, you're right. It, it has turned... Like the rest of, like the rest of Formula One is like Formula One point uh, two point oh, and then you've got two point five being Red Bull and Racing Point, and then Formula One is just the Mercedes now. Formula not point nine, mm. so much ahead of uh, ahead of one, which is why Bottas two point oh won't work. <laughs> Yeah, but again, maybe he's not as relaxed because he keeps getting one-year deals and he doesn't know what he's going to be doing from one year to the next until August, September. I do, come second in the championship. Yeah, give him a two-year deal and see what he, see what he can do with the pressure off. Two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so Red Bull, yeah, binary. No, uh, not really. Certainly on Saturday. Saturday was a binary uh, result for them, yeah. it was just Because Verstappen wasn't great either in qualifying. Mm. No. By Verstappen standards. Was it sixth for Verstappen? Seventh? Mm. I think it was seventh. Well, they reckon there's an aero, like a f- fundamental aero floor on that car, don't they? Hmm. And uh, yeah, come come the race, I think you know, seeing have Red Bull put upgrades on that already this yes. season? Yes, mm-hmm. and they put upgrades on a Hungary. The uh, rear wing was a whole new rear wing, and that's what's not working. Craig Scarborough pointed out that uh, it's got an extra extra plane on the rear wing. I think mm. it is. It's Hass's rear wing. Is it the Haas design? Yeah, they've they've copied Haas with the steps in it as well. Yeah, yeah. that seems a strange choice to copy, doesn't it? Yeah, Haas have been quite. <laughs> I think it was, I don't know if Haas copied Red Bull or if Red Bull copied Haas, but if you look at their their rear wings, there's like steps in it, mm. and a lot of other teams have now gone with that yeah. as well, like the steps oh, okay. in the front yeah, part yeah. of the, the rear wing, yeah, and it's the that that bit like the side the of side, it is, the, is the Haas side yeah. now. Okay. But then Max binning it on the way to the grid. I mean, it happens. Cole, Cole brakes stabbed it, but then an incredible job by the mechanics to actually put the front left of that car back together. Because that to wheel be, was hanging off. He did yeah. seem to be pushing on, and there's an outlap though. You know, you saw the he was going place. a bit, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. It seemed odd. Yeah, you know, when you look at the weather, it seemed just odd. get to the grid. I think it was it was him trying to work out where the grip was to mm. uh, not there, Max. No, obviously. but to try and have a better idea of what was going to go on you know in the first lap so yeah. trying to get Hamilton yeah. but I mean he benefited from those early pit stops didn't he when everybody jumped into the pits and yeah. Verstappen was one of the ones who, who managed to so that that's where he made the gains, mm. and um, you know, he made a really good start as well. He, yeah, gained, he did, yeah. gained places off the grid. Yeah, oh, so well in Max for for doing a, a fantastic job and getting a podium as well. Mm. Albon, on the other hand, starting I think thirteenth, twelfth, no, twelfth, thirteenth, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah must have been thirteenth, and then climbing up to fifth. Yeah, uh, I mean, we say that Hungary is a difficult circuit to overtake mm. on, and we've already spoken about how Albon was, you know, not particularly being treated well by Red Bull at the moment. That's a really good performance. Yeah, I mean the whole qualifying thing, sending sending him out in traffic. Yeah, mm. it would have been a good performance if he wasn't a lap down. That's the issue. Most of the drivers were a lap down. Oh yeah, no, but in the car he was in, you know. Well, he wasn't a lap down by the end because Lewis made that made that pit stop for the fastest lap tires. No, but technically <laughs> he was a lap down, wasn't he? Still, I think Albon so. I thought he was because was he? I think Albon was the last one to be lapped. Did Max lap him? No, no. no. That's one. That's a thing at least. But um, Hang on, I'm gonna, yeah. gonna get the... I think Lewis Hamilton lapped him, and I think I don't think Hamilton lapped Stroll. I think he was just about to lap Stroll, and that's when he pitted. Mm. I think Albon was actually a, a, a benefiter of the um, the rain that wasn't because he and Verstappen. He held on. 
Well, no, he and Verstappen were both kind of coming to that mm, slightly yeah, iffy tyre point and they pitted Albon first yeah. and put him on the hards, but they left Max out because they were waiting for the rain. Mm. So they'd kind of sacrificed Albon if it rained, but because it didn't, mm. he ended up on quite well on yeah. a good tyre. Yeah, he was on the hards, wasn't he? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think that's like what happened with Ferrari and, and Charles Leclerc and Vettel, wasn't it? Because mm. the team seemed so confident it was going to rain. Yeah. And I think that's what... They, they they thought Charles Leclerc was on the most on on the optimal strategy. I think mm-hmm. he just get hemorrhaging places though, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, constantly. So yeah. So then we've got uh, yeah Red, Red Bull. I don't think was a wasn't the race we expected from them because usually you know the Hungara rings a strong circuit mm-hmm. for them. It just wasn't this this. They time they are not all. capable of challenging Mercedes. No, this year. I mean this is the, the the one thing I'm really I say not worried about, but you know I'm. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing, and I'm also a little bit anxious about it at the same time, is we're going to Silverstone, or the Formula One's going to Silverstone in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Albon was the last driver not to be lapped. Oh, was he? So, so he unlapped himself and Hamilton pitted? Yes. There we go. So, um, yeah, we go to Silverstone, and that's going to be a circuit where, go on then, let mm. let it off the leash. How much faster than everyone else is that W11 going to be? Um, terrifyingly. And the racing point's clearly going to be the second best car because it's last year's Mercedes. I've got I've got hope for Red Bull in a way because we're, at least they're going back to Britain. They can sort out what issues are going on with their car error-wise. You know, they're probably doing it right now. Right now as we're recording, they'll be trying to work out what the fuck is going on with that car. Of course, yeah. And around the clock working probably yeah, yeah. You know, in, at the factory in Milton Keynes. So that's a good thing. Obviously, it's one of those circuits where all all the teams bring upgrades, <laughs> but that means Mercedes is going to bring upgrades as well. Um, but they just... Do we think as well, like, as, as much as Honda's improved... Um, as it, it just it doesn't seem to have made that step enough to compete with Mercedes. I still I I still feel that they're hampered by engine. Yeah, it's still not as good, is it? Yeah. Do you reckon? I know there's not a real engine change as such, but do you reckon they've already switched to 2022? Like they're already thinking about That's how do they prep that power unit for the 2022 regs. I think you'd Maybe. have to, yeah. And they've so just stopped developing with, it. Yeah. With, with, you know, so I think some of the teams who are especially towards the back now, and as I mentioned last week, I think Racing Point are probably doing the same because they know that car's all right for next year as well. Mm. Might not be the second best car for next year if everybody else keeps developing, but they don't need to worry about it. They're going yeah, to score Don't, don't forget, development is actually limited on the, uh, on the chassis because they're using the token system. Yeah. So you can't, you can only, um, you can only really get aero developments. That's what I mean. So if anybody else is going to develop up to the point where they're catching Racing Point, Racing Point can, year, yeah, Racing, Racing Point, point are, can develop and they move don't need forward. to worry about a 2021 or, or, or upgrading this current car. All they need to do is, is concentrate on building a 2022 car, yeah. which will be an Aston Martin, obviously, by mm-hmm. that point. Unless this Renault appeal is actually successful, and the FIA goes, actually, fine, you can have that for this year, but from 2021. No, mm, then yeah. it suddenly like get. Well, the they'll just say, "I'll oh, bring back our 2019 car. Be all right." <laughs> <laughs> but totally dominant from Hamilton again. Yeah, yeah, it was a good race. It was a classic Hamilton, wasn't it? It mm. was, mm-hmm. you know, foot down, 
Was it by the end of the first lap? He was three point one seconds yeah, ahead. Was, was, at, that, at that point, I think it was closer to four. I think it was about three three point eight. Yeah, he had by the end of lap yeah, one. It was just like, oh it right, he's gone. And it was just like it was like it was like seven seconds, mm. nine seconds. Yeah, and I was just like, he's already gone. Like yeah. he's, yeah. he went, and everyone else was sort of swapping positions. By the time him Max and... got into second, I think mm. it was like too late. Like, yeah, it was like twelve seconds. It was yeah. like, mm, that's quite a lot even for Max to make up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. I think that was the break year as well. Uh, well, sorry, the break race for Bottas. Remember, how I said last week that you get a break. Bottas, yeah. Bottas shouldn't get used to the lead of that championship. Um, I don't think he's going to see it again. Not not unless Lewis has a DNF in the next race. Yeah. Well, yeah, DNF in in one of the next few races, which you would expect. We haven't seen an unreliable Mercedes since twenty sixteen. <laughs> No, no. But I mean, you would expect you know anything could happen, can't it? You know, Silverstone could chuck it down for just the last lap. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Hamilton was worried about his engine, wasn't he? On he the, it, the grid, yeah. Said but, it sounded like it was going to stall. But then he's three seconds a lap faster. So. Yeah, yeah, but he complains that the tires are going off and then bangs yeah. the fastest lap in. I I do believe that Lewis creates moments for himself so he can get out of the car yeah. and say this he was needs, a terribly hard he needs hard. a bit of adversity just to sort of psych him off or, or even just just like a little tiny bit of arrogance just to give him something to say look what a, look what a brilliant job I've done yeah that's what you mean or maybe it's just if I say this other people think they've got a chance and then I'll just piss off into the sunset leaning out the back one finger up going to see you later suckers. maybe because but it's not they're not actually racing anybody you know it's really so there's no gamesmanship it's it's kind of like one kid running around a field shouting "I'm Batman." Joe, you know, it's <laughs> there's no there's no there's no one else there to contest this. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Lee's usual Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's 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 no no one to challenge at the moment. Yeah, um, I mean, Bottas had a bad start, didn't he? That jump start. Mm. Yeah, started, jump stopped, start started again. He said he went into anti-stall. The, okay, there were some angry people. He went on into the, Uncle bullshit. <laughs> there, was, there were some. There were some uh, angry people on Twitter and uh, oh, the, inter- the, in, the internet in general. <laughs> some confused people on Discord as to why it wasn't even investigated into you know as an incident because I didn't see an investigation. But um, he, uh, he never actually triggered the sensors when he did that roll. He managed he to stop it in his, time. He moved within his yeah. pit box, so he didn't trigger the sensor that would go off if you moved. You know, if you left your pit box, so he didn't leave his pit box. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, he was not moving when the lights went out. But if he was moving when the lights went out, he would have been that instant slam dunk penalty. But I've seen people get penalties for rolling backwards. Um, like for getting possibly, the clutch yeah. and um, rolling backwards. I thought it was movement inside the pit box. Remember, Vettel did it last year. Well, yeah. no, Vettel, yeah. Vettel no, jumped um, inside his box, yeah. but he yeah. didn't trigger the sensor. Yeah. People no, and, it, and, and, back, then you need, and all the Hamilton sensors. fans. Yeah, any, all the Hamilton like, fans were. Any backwards movement is an automatic penalty. Right, okay. Because all the Hamilton fans were were screaming that you know Vettel should have got a penalty, and I think at the time I was like, well, at least investigating at least. Yeah. And I think I'm not sure if it, if it got investigated when Vettel what happened to Vettel, but I think they did investigate that. And but they didn't investigate was, Bottas. You know, that's yeah. that's what says to me. You know, no, possibly because they've got a better sort of precedent. Yeah, yeah, maybe it didn't. Maybe. It didn't even come year. up as noted. But I mean, top top and bottom of it is it was a jump start. So it should have had a penalty because it was a jump start. He jumped, but he stopped, and then he took. Obviously, he took the pain when yeah, he, he didn't had, get any benefit from it. Did he? Oh no, no, he didn't <laughs> get any benefit from it. But if we're just looking at rules as rules type of thing, 
No, rules say if you don't trigger the sensor, it's not a jump start. Yeah, but the, that means the rules are weird. So you're arguing, you're saying rules are not the rules. I'm saying if the, if you've got sensors there and a car obviously does a jump start, then and your sensors don't do, call it as a jump start, you've got these two brilliant sensors called your fucking eyes. Yeah? You could see he made a jump start. He wasn't moving the when the lights went out. What? He wasn't moving when the lights went out. He went before the lights. And he? he stopped. Yeah, but he stopped before but he stopped. the lights. Right, if you're okay. stationary that's, that's, at that's the That's what point it was. Yeah. yeah he, if, he, if he carried on moving, he would have been fucked. Like, that's an instant penalty. Yeah. But he moved within his pit box and then stopped again before the lights went out. Mm. See, it's, it seems like a grey area that's odd. It, that's the, there's lots that's of the those, explanation. Though, that's I the can, whole technical regulation. I can understand, I can understand it. I think, I I think that's what happened it. with Vettel last year as but well. Because Vettel just, had a jump start, and a ju- inverted commas jump yeah. start, but it wasn't given because um, he was stopped as well before the... But if you're looking at something which should have like a clear-cut rule, that should be a clear-cut It wasn't rule. Maldonado in Belgium a few years ago, was no, it? No, it no, he wasn't like three seconds ahead at turn one while there were yeah. still three lights showing. That yeah. was a fucking PlayStation one there where you, you zip up the middle when if everyone's no stationary. If no one's... I, th- I, think, I think after the virtual Grand Prix this year, it's called The Lando. <laughs> if no one's seen it, Google or YouTube uh, Maldonado... Um, Jumpstart Belgium, because uh, from the perspective of the starters box, which is you know dearly departed Charlie Whiting was in the starters box and he started the race. Maldonado was so clearly jumpstart that Whiting pointed at him. <laughs> Char- like seriously, if, if we, we'll, we'll YouTube it, but uh, after, we've, after we've recorded the podcast, he, Charlie Whiting is so angry that he points at Maldonado before <laughs> Maldonado's even crossed the start line. Like no. Like, <laughs> I think it, I think it was a three three and a half tenth jump start. Jesus! Wow. So yeah, yeah. That was, that was a bit more than go, what Linford Christie used to say was "go on the B of bang." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right, rock stars and wankers. Uh, rock stars, Red Bull mechanics. Yes, yeah. definitely. Twelve minutes uh, to do an hour's worth yeah. of work. Yeah. Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll, mm-hmm. rock star. Hash strategy. We'll mm-hmm. throw them in. The I mix. think so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a shame. Yeah. It was a shame, but yeah. like we've already discussed, they wouldn't have got that position if they hadn't made that call. Yeah, Carlos Sainz's elbows. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And wankers, FIA regulations. Yes. Yeah. Lack of rain. The Lack weather forecast rain. Rain lulling us into a false sense of hope. Yeah. yeah. That, and the, the general... that was the longest four minutes ever. Yes. Between, between those rain showers. <laughs> and the ge- the general feeling of like. Something about to happen and not yeah. happening. Yeah, mm. like that. That also the wanker. unfulfilled promise. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't. Williams' pace was a wanker. Williams' pit crew releasing their driver mm. into someone else. Not good. Mm-hmm. Fewer yeah. options, really. There. Oh, Rockstar back on the podium. Oh, and and also yes. mechanics allowed around the podium. Yeah, that's Rockstar. Yeah. And did you did you see what instead of having a stupid little bot like? Um, Robot deliver stuff when they needed hats and stuff. Your man just passed them to them. Yeah, fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm innovation. <laughs> I miss the dressing Daleks. <laughs> Maybe they'll come back in in some other format. Mm. Only uh, for revenge. Actually, an F two an F two rock star as well. Callum Islet for Sunday for getting the what was it twenty five second gap down to within a second over the last five laps of the race and damn near taking the win over Luca Giotto. Oh wow, okay. That was incredible. And was it Smollier as well in, in F three? Was it was it F three? Did um twenty overtakes? Jesus. 
Yeah, he was he was done. He was finished. I'm like, oh, hang on. Yeah. At a circuit where you're not supposed to overtake. Yeah. So there was some fantastic F2 and F3 racing this season. Yeah. They, they are turning a cracking, cracking series. Yeah. And uh, Go Schwartzman. Leading His F2. tyre management on the, in the Saturday one was ridiculous compared to everyone else who just couldn't work it at all. I, I do feel that, I mean, he and he looks good, mm. but I do feel that his year of F2 has more in common with Van Dorn's year in F2 and um, Julian Palmer's year in F2 than it does George Russell Lando Norris. The problem with those two is they both didn't go straight into F1. Yeah. They if if he wins the title of Schwartzman this year, mm-hmm. Ferrari have to give him uh, the Alfa yeah, Romeo yeah, yeah. seat. They can't. No, no, but I just meant talent. You know, some, sometimes we say you get like a mm. a really deep talent pool in F2. F2. Yeah. And then 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 you'll get a year like we had last year where it just gets It's the leftovers. <laughs> yeah. Um and I do feel that it's it hasn't got it's got less potential Formula 1 drivers in it this year that might make the potential formula 1 drivers look super special when they they might not be super special well you know, you'll see when they get there but we we saw like I say we saw it with van dorn where he ripped it apart didn't he and we thought we were going to see the second coming yeah and then he got to formula 1 and he just had a name that sounded he was like that hungry by the way <laughs> What? He was at Hungary, by the way. Mm. He, he is still a reserve driver. Yeah, he was, mm. he was there as a reserve driver for Mercedes. Yeah. Mm. And I think that he's still got some kind of tie with McLaren as well, hasn't he? Isn't he with... He's um, also... Um, he's with... What's, what's his face's daughter? Gilda Ferran. Gilda Ferran's soul. Mm. Oh, he's with, <laughs> Gilda, he's with Gilda, daughter. Gilda Ferran's daughter. Oh, so he is technically almost a McLaren-in-law. Yes. No, I, I'm sure he's also a McLaren reserve driver with Esteban Gutierrez as well. Did we not? Did we not go through this? A couple yeah, of weeks? yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think we did. I mean, that that that, that may ch- that may change from uh, that may change from week to week, and then all of a sudden we'll see Sergei Sorokin in a Renner. It's a fucking, yeah, quite likely. It's it's a it's a strange web. The uh, reserve driver <laughs> yeah. lineup this year. Yeah, there are some drivers. They're available if someone needs one. Mercedes, Racing Point, and McLaren all have the same. Do you two. reckon that's it? They just have them all in a bag, and if one of your drivers is ill, you just draw a like a Nick De Vries or someone out I of think the bag. The <laughs> be I well think... good if you drew. Nick De Vries, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be seedier than that. I think it'd be like a glass bowl and car keys. <laughs> oh, I was I was thinking more like um, it's you know it's the Kinder Egg where you want the toy that you build, but oh, it's another bloody Smurf. I've <laughs> <laughs> already got this one. <laughs> you swap. Right, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna hide Discord and Twitter. Oh, is and it that time? I think it's time for a shunt. Shunting time. It is shunting time. Right, this week's. Susan Fine's name. Oh, oh, I had it. No, keep talking with yourselves. It's well up there. I mean, you <laughs> were saying that last week you were going to do this one. You mentioned his name earlier before we were recording, and you said you were going to do. Oh, right. Am I done yeah. now? Filling. Okay. The, Good uh, filling. Well done. This one uh, is from Mister Arafat, who is our friend, a friend of the podcast, or friend I of my podcast. All friends. And he, at, he at, also, at Meme Red John Cole, yeah, I believe. And he shares his birthday with me. So I was going to do it last week when it was our birthday, but obviously we went too long. We couldn't do it. And Johnny so Herbert this week sort yeah, of crashed into yeah. us. Johnny Herbert interview and um, somebody talking about Alonso for about the best part. Before of we do that, should we Lee's do a birthday present on. to himself? Before we shunt, should we jump cut? Oh, Christ. Oh, yeah. hell. I think it might be an idea for a jump oh. cut. Jump cut and then we'll come back and shunt. 
And time for this week's jump cut. Um, actually, it's another jump cut with a guest. And this week we're joined by from Robo Race and uh, X of House, Reese Smith. Thank you so much for joining us, Reese. Um, great to have you on. And would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? Let the let the listeners know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name's Reese Smith. Uh, I work at Robo Race. Uh, I previously worked at Haas as well. Uh, also, I've done loads of other different formulas, but I won't get into those. Um, yeah, at Robo Race, we're currently doing uh, our fully autonomous, fully electric, modified LMP3 cars um, out in Las Vegas. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. So, um, do you want to explain a little bit about what Robo Race is and does for uh, for the listeners? I know we had um, we had a, a friend and colleague of, of yours, Matt Steele, on the other week who um, explained things from his side. So, um, just just as a refresher, uh, you know, what's it about? So, Robo Race basically, uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to push autonomous software and uh, and technical design within sensors of cars. Um, to try and race cars autonomously, basically. Um, and that includes basically the new cars that we've just built. So we have a one version of our car, which is called the DevPot 2.0, um, which is, it can be either autonomous or uh, driven by a human. Um, and our other car is called a uh, RoboCar, which is uh, our fully autonomous car, which is the car that we're focusing on the most at the moment and uh, trying to get up to four, five, six, maybe more racing against each other at the same time autonomously. Wow. Is that the series that's going to run with Formula E eventually? Um, Potentially. um, We're not sure at the minute. Um, We're going to try and do as much standalone, as many standalone events as we can at the minute um, just because we are still testing and uh trying to get everything correct but yeah we plan to do a full series uh either at the beginning of this year uh, uh sorry at the, the end of this year and at the beginning of next year uh depends on covid though absolutely as does everything at the moment yeah um what circuits are you going to be looking to race on um any names that will be familiar to most racing fans or is it going to be sort of specially prepared ones that um it'll us? Our base of operations is in uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Um, we have access to the outside of the track circuit, so it's like a, a small, a smaller circuit for like road course um, that we have uh, personal use for. So we can we can hire it for as many days as we want, um, and we're going to plan to do our first event there if we can. Um, but if that's not the case, then we may end up doing an event in the UK. Um, not sure at the moment, but we shall uh, we shall see. It uh, we'll, we'll have, it's quite difficult for us to try and find uh, circuits that are easily used for autonomous cars because of the sizes, for example, and having acceptable runoff areas and everything like that, really. So what's the difference between choosing a circuit for an autonomous uh, racing car as opposed to something that's driven by a human? Um, There's a few technical reasons, uh, some of which are safety-related, obviously. Um, Others are distance, because our cars are fully electric, Mm -hmm. so we only have a specific distance that we can run. So if if we go to circuits that have got 
really, really long straights. Um, we'll burn through a lot of power quite quickly. Um, and we won't be able to get many laps in. So we've got to try and pick nice technical courses as well that uh, will give a challenge to the teams, so the software teams, to program the autonomous cars. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of things to think about when it comes to picking the right circuit. I know, I know a 37 and three-quarter mile circuit not too far from here that would be a challenge. Y yes. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Robo race around the Isle of Man TT circuit might be something that uh, you know, is, is a little bit too far even for... I don't think it's a first-year thing, that, is it? No, no, even for the brightest of minds and, uh, and, and cleverest of robots, I think that, that might prove too much. <laughs> uh, never know. Yeah, you never know, of course, yeah. So, um, so, so the cars, they uh, much like the drivers, they'll learn the circuit first, will they? Will they do, do you feed information, like maps into them, and then, uh, and then they try and find the fastest route around? without crashing into each other is that is that a, a, a uh, basic so way of saying it the cars can talk to each other independently um so they they know what they're doing a lot of the time and how the distances they are apart from each other um but the main way we we get them to go around the track autonomously is by giving them uh, a base layer which will basically be the boundaries of the track itself so uh, like the left-hand side of the track and the right-hand side of the track, we will sort of drive around that area of the track uh, with a GPS backpack. Mm -hmm. uh, so we will completely track the left-hand side of the track or the outside of the track and then the inside of the track. So then it just leaves a nice, uh, a nicely drawn track that the car knows that it's got to stay within those boundaries. Okay. Um, but whatever it's doing in between those boundaries, it's doing fully autonomously. So we don't... We don't tell it it needs to stick to this line specifically. It, it works that line up on the fly. So, um, will the individual cars have sort of set personalities? You know, is it, will, will will teams yeah, be able so, to make things that are like more aggressive or more? more... Yeah, so it's it's very interesting. Um, obviously, I, I'm I'm a mechanic and I also help test drive the cars. So I drive the cars a little bit, but I'm also driven by the cars quite a lot. So I get to see. Uh, the different teams software like what they've done with the software so like the different lines they have the different acceleration different braking uh, pressures everything um, it's quite interesting getting going from one team software to another me sitting in it to test it um, and seeing the differences so like you say in sort of human driving you, you'll have drivers that have their own styles and that will come across in the team's software writing as well. So there'll be different styles of driving, different styles of overtaking, everything. That's great. So how does you how do you translate your job sort of from from when you were a, a mechanic with Haas in Formula One over to what you do now in, in Robo Race? Is it completely different or is it mainly just the same kind of thing? So it's, it, you know, a car is a car, four wheels and, you know, a power unit or something that, that pushes it along. And, and, and that's how you manage to translate from one to the other. Um, it's an interesting one, really. I mean, I've got a lot of experience behind me, like 12 years in motorsport, never done anything like what I'm doing at Robo Race or what I've been doing at Robo Race for the last two years. Um, so it, for me, when I did change from Haas to this, it was kind of like a bit of a leap towards the future, I guess, where I was quite interested in learning, uh, what the future technologies might be like. Um, and I think getting a first glance into that is really important um especially in my sort of career so I'm, I'm really glad that i i am doing it but like you say that the mechanical side of it is quite similar um whereas 
suspension, gearboxes, etc. But when it comes to obviously not being an engine and it's a battery, you've got to go through all your like electrical training, high voltage training, um, everything like that. So it's quite interesting. Yeah, I, th I think you're the first guest that we've had who's, who's um, you know, sort of travels around the world with a Formula One team as well, um, you know, year in, year out. What are the are the travel stresses like? Because we've heard that you know these last three race weekends, three weekends in a row, some some staff from some teams have suffered a little bit, and even the drivers have complained about you know not being used to spending so much time in the cars over three weekends. Is it is it tough? You know, is it the, the scheduling quite tough when you're traveling so much? And obviously that, that oh, yeah, that's, that's less now with with where you are now. But but going back a couple of years, yeah, going back to Haas, I mean. Um... Well, in F1 in general, really, it it was it's definitely got a lot harder, I would say, recently, um, and it's definitely maybe to the point of where maybe it's too much, I would say, with some teams. Um, some teams, it's it's all right because they've got like different sets of staff; they can sort of rotate in and out. But some teams, like Haas, for example, and maybe some of the other smaller teams, they don't quite have as many staff. Um, they can't rotate people around, sort of give people breaks. Um, so you do find yourself getting uh, burnt out a little bit. But, I mean, you're away from home a lot but yeah. during a normal F1 season. Um, so this season, yeah, I, I don't know how they're dealing with it personally. But um, especially if you can't go out your hotel room, you're literally just stuck in a hotel, go to the track, backwards and forwards. Yeah, it's a tricky one. So, what was um, I know we've talked about this with Matt before, but so what was your career leading up to F one? What what brought you to uh, to Haas? You know, so how how did you get there from the start, really? Um, so, basically, I was meant to do a, a college course at Brooklands in the UK, um, doing motorsport mechanics and engineering. I think it was. I can't remember what the course was called. It was like a three year course. Um, and they suggested to me to get a couple of weeks work experience in a, uh, a team of some description. Um, and there was a team actually not far up from me, which was called David Price Racing. And they used to do uh, GP2 when it was called GP2, mm -hmm. uh, which is Formula 2 now, obviously. Um, and I did two weeks there, work experience. And at the end of the two weeks, they offered me an apprenticeship role. So I decided to take that instead. Um, so I spent... A lot of my time learning on a Formula 2 car, uh, early Formula 2 car, so quite a lot of it was unreliable, I'll be honest, on those things. <laughs> but, um, it was it was really, really, really cool. I mean, there's not many people that can go straight into jobs like that um, and learn as much as I did, so I was very lucky. Um, but yeah, I started off doing Formula 2, and then, for example, from there, I went to go and do uh, British Formula 3 for a year. Um, and I got to work with uh, Felipe Nasser, for example, XF1 driver. Um, who else did I work with? Uh, I worked with Kev, Kev Magnussen when he was there. Oh, this, yeah. was a, this was at uh, Double R, I think it was, at the time, where I went to, Riken and Robertson Racing. Um, but yeah, I spent a year there, um, and then I got offered a position uh, in another Formula 2 team, which was known as well what was it known as I'm trying to think now it was called i think it was called air asia and uh and um caterham you know lotus when uh, lotus first came into f1 yes 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 
Yeah, so it was called Air Asia, and then obviously it all changed. Uh, once Lotus disappeared in F F1, it changed to uh, Caterham. Um, and I spent, I think it was two and a half years doing Formula 2 there, and then I transferred directly from the Caterham F2 team into the F1 team, which was good. Uh, so it was a nice progression there. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I learned an absolute heap going from... Uh, F2 to F1, that's for sure. It was an absolute <laughs> eye-opener. It's, it's it's quite terrifying, actually, going from a sort of Formula 2 car, which is quite sort of basic, to a Formula 1 car. It's very nerve-wracking. Um, but uh, where did I go from there? I went from there, I went to do uh, Formula Renault 3.5 litre okay. at Carling. So I spent a year year doing that and i also did formula e in parallel actually at the same time which was actually a really bad idea because it was really hard work the calendars <laughs> didn't, didn't quite line up no they didn't line up at all so like sometimes i was going from literally after the race of a formula three and a half liter i was jumping on a plane instantly and going straight to the formula e race wow okay <laughs> which was like halfway across the world um but yeah that that really drained me that one who were you working sure. with in formula e uh mahindra oh, okay yeah, so Carling managed to get a contract with Mahindra. Um, so Carling supplied staff to Mahindra. Excellent. So I uh, jumped, jumped across and helped with that. Who that was really interesting. Another electric car. Yeah, who were the drivers really good. for Mahindra at that time? Was that Bruno Senna? Uh, it was Bruno Senna and Karun Shanduk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they were, they were interesting characters. <laughs> I remember walking past Mahindra's office in uh, Milton Keynes yeah. and being surprised that they were work, working out such such a small building in the... Can you call it a city centre? <laughs> no, Milton <laughs> Keynes is spread out ridiculously, isn't it? It's, mm. a, it's a very funny place. I well, find it's it a funny weird anyway. town. Yeah, World's biggest knots and crosses build. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's like a UK version of America. Yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so did you go to Haas from, from there? From um, Yeah, so from at the end of... End of the Formula E and uh, three and a half litre season, I went to Haas, yeah. I, I, I got a phone call, actually, from uh, someone that I used to work with at Caterham. He was the chief mechanic at Caterham. He rang me and he said, oh, do you fancy coming to start Haas? Like, from the very start. So yeah. I think I started I started four months before the first year, uh, before the first year we started or entered a car into the season. Okay. Um, and that was an incredible experience, really. Um, starting an F1 team from scratch, it was very, very, very bizarre going into an F1 factory that was completely empty. Like, not even the flooring was done. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we built it from the ground up, and it was it was a really cool thing to be a part of. Seems to be quite the... You know, at the time, when, when Haas first started it, it, it appeared to be the way to go with, uh, with new teams. Because you mentioned there you were working with Caterham. Obviously, they were one of the... The new teams that came in, obviously, as Lotus in 2010 and disappeared only a few years later, along with HRT and um, yeah. Marussia, Virgin Manor, whatever you want to call them. Um, but um, Haas, when they when they came in, uh, we were saying on this podcast at the time, uh, there's absolutely no way Haas will be uh, competitive in their first season. It's going to take them a couple of years to build up. But the model that the the Haas had in place at the time, obviously of of, of buying parts in, seemed to be a really good um, you know, points in the first race. I think wasn't it with Roman Grosjean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It was an incredible uh, first must, race. That must have been some party. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was it was incredible. I mean, to sort of spend all my time like I was spending weekends, I was working late, like everything to try and get get us to the first race and get the car built. Obviously, we had to build the car out in um, in Italy uh, at Dallara. Yep, um, which was another logistical nightmare, really. Um, but we managed to do it somehow. But it was yeah, it was, it was just really satisfying getting. A result like that like it sort of picked everyone up like instantly all the work that you've done was worth it um the hours you put in when you got that phone call saying come and work for this new team that's never done f1 before was that an instant yes or was the sort of an alarm bell um i did have my doubts yeah <laughs> i was a little bit dubious i was kind of like uh oh do I want to go and do this? Like, what's this going to, this is going to be like, I, I really like hard work. I'm not, I'm not one to stray away from hard work. I'm a hard worker, but I thought, well, maybe this is too much. Like maybe this is sort of bitten a bit too much off here. If I do this, because for me, it was, it was a, a big role that I was sort of taking part as well. Cause it was, I was going to be uh Roman Grosjean's gearbox mechanics. So I was basically responsible for a whole half of the car. Yeah. Um, and when I worked in F1 before that, I I was only sort of like a, a mechanic that sort of helped on the whole car, so just learning everything. So it was it was a big step in my career when I got offered that role. So it was it was one that I was scared of doing, but I'm glad I did it um, because I learned so much. So in that role, do you uh, have to liaise quite a lot with the driver and sort of you know make changes and adjustments as to what the driver wants? Or is it more of a case um, of just maintenance and sort of looking after the parts and making sure that you know the wear and tear is is sufficient and they're not going to break down as soon as you t put the car out on the you know the next session? Um, so there's a lot of a lot of things that you do you do and don't see, I guess, in F1, and yeah. and one of those is the interaction with the driver. Um, we have like mechanics have quite a lot of interaction with the driver, whether it's banter or or serious sort of problems with the car. Um, they'll tend to go to obviously the race engineer and then the race engineer will filter it down to us, which is the, the proper way of doing it, obviously. But they'll they'll speak to you, they'll say, Oh, this didn't quite feel right, and you sort of be like, Oh yeah, I'll have a lot sort of a, a bit of an extra look at it, um, for example. Yeah. Um with with setup things, it's obviously a different ball game. That it goes through race engineer, like chief engineer big meetings and then it sort of filters down to us on job lists and we change things appropriately and sort of briefings and debriefs etc yeah exactly yeah there's a lot of debriefings and briefings and emails and f1 <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm amazed they don't drive the car by committee chris you look like you're about to say something then no no i was, I was gonna say <laughs> uh, i suppose I, I can say something so did did you spend uh, the rest of the time in, in Haas as, as gearbox mechanic or did you did you move on from there before you went to, to Robo Race? No, I did actually stay as gearbox mechanic. Um, I really enjoyed that position when I was there. Um, I did think about future prospects there, but uh, my life circumstances changed a bit. I kind of sort of wanted to spend a bit more time at home. Yeah. Um, so I decided to do something that required less travel in the end because I think... I think I travel from my first job when I went for that two weeks work experience. They said disposition is like full time traveling. So I would have been traveling to all the races as an apprentice as well. So literally I've been traveling for 12 years of my life yeah. <laughs> nonstop. 
so I missed quite a lot of I guess my younger years in the UK so a lot of my friends I missed for example family so it's quite nice to sometimes take a couple of years out step back um reevaluate everything sort of catch up with people and then like I say I think I will go back to F1 again for sure but I don't know when if you if you could pick a team who would you choose um I'd probably say either McLaren or Red Bull. McLaren are obviously quite close to where I live, so that helps. Um, Red Bull, also, I've I've got a lot of friends at Red Bull, so maybe yeah. that would be a place that I'd like to work as well. They've got a good, good car, good team mentality. It's pretty impressive uh, putting that uh, putting that suspension back together. And what was it? Oh, 12, Christ, 12, yeah, that was twelve minutes. That was that was impressive. If I was there, I would have been absolutely. I don't know. <laughs> it was. It would have been an absolute flap, is what it would have been. Absolute panic stations. But they're 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 the sort of moments that you sort of you train for. Do you know what I mean? They're the, they're the moments yeah. you you think, right, this is it. This is my time to shine, and you get the credit for it. You know, what's, credit where credit's due. What's the feeling like when you're like qualifying or practice or something something like that, and you're watching it and the car the driver sticks the car in the wall and especially for you being a gearbox guy let's see it goes back end in first and you you know all the extra work that's that's got to go into this to try and get this right what what's that feel like it's absolute dread that's what it is (laughs) it's a bit it's a bit like when you do something really bad but you don't realize till like two hours later and all of a sudden it hits your stomach and you're like oh god (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh no, I'm gonna have to go and clear this all up. Yeah, I'm gonna be here all night. To be fair, Grosjean's issues tended to be the front end, though, didn't it? (laughs) It's true, very true. Yeah, yeah, we've been quite harsh on uh, on Roman Grosjean over the years on this podcast, and we are surprised every year Haas re-announced Grosjean as a driver for the following season. Um, He must have some some really strong discernible qualities that, that you know the casual fans and sort of even even us, you know, sort of more. Um, you know, more into it fans we, that we just don't see in and in and around the team behind the scenes that are really valued by a team and make want to keep him on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I think from like you say, from the fans' point of view, you don't really see too much of the interaction in the garage or behind the scenes with the drivers and the team. Um, personally, I I really like Roman Grosjean. He's he's a really nice guy. Um, he's a good driver. Um, his driving can be interesting at times, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I'd agree with that. Um, but yeah, he's he's a really nice guy. He was he was always nice to us. Sort of looked after us, treated us when we did like we sort of helped him out, did extra work, like spending the whole night like fixing the cars after we'd had a little crash or something. He'd always come round and, and make sure we were all all right, everything like that. Did he cook for um, you? No, oh, did he cook for us? He might have cooked. A, no, he did cook a cake. I think once actually, and he brought it in. <laughs> I think he did actually. He felt terrible. I think one time. Obviously, he probably had a crash of some description, and he sort of <laughs> sounds he about right. Felt terrible, so he brought a load of cakes in for us all. Does cake make it better? Up. 
Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Cake what cake what makes everything better. I think we've 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 found that tonight with the cheeky we've monkey cake. cake. There is there is exactly, cake on the yeah. I think we're normally a biscuit podcast, but since we came back into the room where we could all be in the same place at the same time, there's been a lot more cake. Yeah. <laughs> um one thing I've always one thing I've always wanted to know, because obviously you were on the um you're on the mechanics team, you're on the pit crew as well. Um, uh, for for Rome Grosjean, yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah, what is what is the adrenaline rush like at a pit stop? Do you actually do you actually have time to think, or is it just you've got to switch your brain off and then it's, it's done? <laughs> it's a strange one. Um, I think if you don't train for it, you will just go into sheer panic. Um, it's that fast; like everything happens so fast, so quickly. People don't realise. So sort of all, all people see on the TV is sort of the camera comes onto the pit crew. They're already all there with the tyres. And then the car comes in and it leaves. But you've got, there's so much build up to that before. Sort of like you can hear the driver on the radio, what's going on. So like if he's saying, oh yeah, my tyres are starting to go off, et cetera, et cetera. You're kind of like on the edge of your seat a bit more, obviously. You're like, oh, okay, he's probably going to come in soon. Um, so I should probably sort of get ready. Uh, so you like mentally prepare yourself, I guess. Um but the way it works on the radio is you, you normally get uh, you'll get a 30 second warning, basically, um, saying that the car's coming in. But then you'll get a I can't remember what how long was it? It was I think it's about 20 seconds. I think we have to get out there. So we get a 30 second warning and then the 20 second is when we get up and we absolutely peg it. Grab the tire, get out there as quick as you can, get the blanket off, do your business get back in sit down and the adrenaline i'm telling you now it's it's the most it's the most ridiculous adrenaline i've ever had in my life doing that it's insane what was your job absolutely on the, insane what was your job on the pit crew uh i was right front wheel on did so you ever, did you ever have any nightmares once i think i had i had a nightmare where i sort of cost the team seconds in the in the race which I tell you now, it's the worst feeling in the world when you've got a team of, I don't know, like 100, 180 people along with millions of people watching the TV. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of pressure. So um, <laughs> you really do have to prepare yourself mentally before you get out there. Like you have to sit there, you sort of get yourself in the zone. You think, right, 20 seconds. And then from there on, it's just everything that you've trained for, you know, um, everything that you've practiced for kind of just becomes uh first in like your instinct so it just it just happens really quickly you don't even have to think about it everything just flows everyone knows what they're doing uh everyone's got to be in the right place at the right time for everything to work obviously and then when that doesn't happen as you can see it goes horribly wrong which I mean, you've seen in the past at like mercedes red bull all different teams oh yeah yeah i mean talking to training how how much time each week is spent training for pit stops because obviously it's not something it's something that you've got to keep up because yeah so, i assume the levels of fitness are uh massive yeah so we used to have two full-time personal trainers which looked after all of us um like everything aches and pains massages when you want them sort of thing um and then also we had to do so basically the way it would work is we do try we do practice once the car was all ready and done and all the FIA legality stuff was done um we would do our pit stops so it would be roughly around 15 
to 20 pit stops in the morning and then another 15 to 20 in the evening um and that was every day pretty much so you're doing a lot of training but we've also got to be quite careful obviously not to damage the car every time we're doing this practice um because you're putting mileage onto all sorts of things that you've got to be a bit careful of and by mileage i mean sort of you know wear and tear mm -hmm. just us putting stings on and off um so you've got to find a bit of a happy medium with that but i, I think if you practice too much it becomes it becomes a bit of a a, a task you know it's you've got to keep it in Fresh. the middle yeah yeah you don't want to push everyone too much to the point of where they're getting injured, but you also don't want to do not enough practice that you don't know what you're doing. So it's it's hard work, but it's it's really satisfying and rewarding. How is the uh, relationship with other teams? Do you do you tend to sort of just stick more within Haas, or is there a good relationship between mechanics of other teams? No, so it's it's just like a massive family, basically, is how I'd ex explain it everyone is very very friendly to each other like obviously when we're not at the track uh we'll go out like other teams will go out with other mechanics um have dinner together etc um so it was very social very yeah. friendly um obviously there's that little bit of comp the competitive side between everyone but yeah. i think i think anyone that works in f1 has that competitive nature do you know what i mean um and you'll, you'll have a bit of banter between each other each team you know pit stops etc pit stops mainly because that's where we make a difference you know as yeah. mechanics uh that's where we can sort of make time or we can brag or we can not talk about it because something went wrong <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, it's a very close knit uh paddock i would say that's good to hear even between like for example i don't know like the the, the more foreign teams so like uh ferrari uh, they're all super, super friendly. We all socialise together, you know. That's good. What's it like when Gunter Steiner's having a rant? Just don't go near him. <laughs> that's, my, that's my advice. Yeah. Don't has, go near him. Has he ever called you a wanker? Oh, yeah, every day. <laughs> He'd call me a wanker every day. I used to have some really good banter with Gunther. He was like my one of my all-time favorite bosses to have because he he would be really really personal with you he'd, he'd he'd make sure you're right but he'd also sort of rip the absolute shit out of you sometimes <laughs> and you could give it back to him and he wouldn't mind you know you can't there's not many team principles you can do that to no. if you've still got his number give him a call we'd love to get him on the show yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah are you trying to tell me that people like ron dennis aren't too good for banter <laughs> Could you imagine him as a podcast guest? Jesus. Uh, yeah, we might think we must yeah. have Gunter on, wouldn't we? Yes, definitely. Then, let's be honest, yeah, yeah he's, an, he's an absolute character. He's great. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah, because Drive to Survive obviously made uh, made a bit of a drama of things. Um, we know it was a bit of creative editing going on as well as um, as well as the other stuff. But it, I think what that's done is brought a load of casual fans to to motorsport in general, but definitely into Formula One because you get to see the personalities behind the scenes that only sort of the diehard fans would know, sort of like you know, Gunter Steiner and your Cyril Beta Bull at Renault and you know Christian Horner at, at Red Bull and stuff like that as well. Um, and it, it's good to see. I mean, I don't know if you watched it, but you must have seen you know a lot of your friends and you know mechanics in in Haas and other teams as well who are on the TV. Was that a bit weird? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think in the first series in the first episode, I think I saw myself a couple of times, um, and it was kind of a bit weird for sure. You're looking at it and you're like, oh, 
That's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange, like very, very strange. But it, it's also extremely cool to be a part of, you know. Um, and I think it's it's been quite pivotal to actually bringing in a lot more interest into Formula One because I think there was maybe a lot of people that didn't watch Formula One at all before they watched Drive to Survive. And they thought, oh, this looks quite interesting. Sort of, There's a lot of characters. It's a lot more personal. Um, and it's not something that F1's seen, I think, for, well, ever. That yeah. sort of personal personal sort of into the sort of nitty-gritty sort of backstage of everything, which is obviously some of us get to see that, but some of those stuff, some of the stuff that's been filmed, not even I saw, and I worked there, you know? Mm. So, like, some of it was even a shock to me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Did it make it feel weird, you know, when you had the Netflix guys hanging around recording stuff did you notice them being there or did they just blend in in the end um sometimes well no a lot of the time they blended in because you were just busy you know you're, you're 98 percent of the time in the garage you're busy um doing something um but obviously you would see them around and you'd think <laughs> i need to behave <laughs> a bit more than i would normally uh but it's quite interesting you think you think oh netflix there'll be absolutely hunters cameras no there's like three blokes i think it was in our garage that was it three blokes filming it so it's surprising the amount of good footage they can get out of such little staff really um which surprised me the most actually i think because i wasn't really expecting what they put out i thought it was just going to be some sort of like generic f1 documentary like they all are mm -hmm. not particularly exciting but they managed to make it interesting in their I, own way. So. I thought it was going to be just like a year in review type thing, but on Netflix. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, I, my favourite Formula One book is Mark Priestley's The Mechanic. I, I, I thought that, to me, not knowing anything, gave me a better insight, I think, into Formula One than anything, anything else I've read. Um, I've heard about that book, actually, but I haven't read it. Uh, it to be perfectly honest, it makes you all sound like rock stars to be honest like it's it's and it, it, I've, it's a shame you haven't read it because i was just gonna ask if if that's like a typical typical scenarios that go on within teams but if you haven't read it you're not you're not gonna know it doesn't matter yeah, but, but <laughs> basically for a book that's a lot a lot concerned with driving there is way too much booze in it yeah <laughs> oh yeah for sure there's there's a lot of work hard play hard for sure i mean the amount of hours we all put in uh during the week it's nice obviously some nights to be able to sort of go out and have a couple of beers um or even the sunday night go out and have a lot of beers <laughs> um, it's good it's really good to sort of blow off the steam you know and i think that's one thing that is good about keeping a happy balance yeah um between sort of working and and keeping it interesting you know you've got to, you've got a you've got to have time away from work as well because you spend so much time in work when you're in f1 to have the time off as well what what's the um like people side of it uh like in the paddock because i can't think of another sport like formula one where you've got just like normal people like yourself which you've got into engineering and then you worked your way up to working for a formula one team to like billionaires and princes walking around the paddock yeah is, is that strange yes definitely it's like um the paddock is a really strange place. Outside of it, everything's normal. Like outside the little barrier where you beep your pass and you get in, it's very normal. As soon as you go through that gate, there's some sort of weird, like, 
I don't know, like persona about the entire paddock. Like everything's all of a sudden like very extravagant. There's celebrities walking around, like you say, uh, just like wandering about. Um, there's princes. There's all sorts of things going on. And all of a sudden you walk in there and you're like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> is this real? And you, you, basically, I, I don't really, I didn't really used to spend too much time out in the paddock. Um, a lot of a lot of media people, for example, do. Um, so they'll do a lot of chatting and chatting to people and bumping into celebrities. But as a mechanic, <laughs> you didn't really spend much time out of the garage. So if you did get to meet one of the celebrities, it was it was really really cool. Um, and sometimes they would come into the garage as well, obviously, which was even cooler. Which meant we didn't really have to stop working and we could meet them and we could show them around the cars for example um, and showing them a bit of our world and them telling us a few stories about theirs did you meet anyone that got you a bit starstruck oh yeah for sure yeah um i've who did i meet met a few to be fair um i met gordon ramsay um did he, he call was... you a wanker <laughs> no he didn't actually <laughs> quite polite quite polite for sure um swears a lot not particularly potentially at anyone but just in general um but that's motorsports like that as well we swear a lot so i think he was at home <laughs> but yeah we, gordon ramsay uh kit harrington uh pharrell uh i'm trying to think of some more uh like some of the x-men came in um who else have we had in Loads, loads of other Game of Thrones people. Usain Bolt. Um, uh, we actually, I actually met um, what's his name? One of the ex-presidents of the United States. I can't remember his name now. Bill Clinton. Clinton. I think it was Clinton. Yeah, he was at the American Grand Prix, and I actually had a picture with him. That was quite weird. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that is a strange one. Uh, that's, that's really cool. Do you have to call him Mr. President? Yeah, no, I didn't actually. Because <laughs> I was British, I probably didn't really give him as much respect as I should have. But I was just like, "Oh yeah, can I get a picture?" He's like, "Yeah, no worries." And there was like three or four like uh, suited bodyguards around him, sort of making sure nobody touched him. Um, there's one thing that you might be able to answer. It's a question that we've had a couple of times from listeners. It's not, it's something that I've been wondering myself. It's about, it's about the F2 side of things. With it being a spec series you get teams that are obviously better than other teams. Um, what is it about different F2 and even F3 teams that makes the difference? You know, so Why do you see the same names up, up at the front like uh, ART and Carlin and then others like um, MP and Campos down at the back when everybody's working from what is meant to be the same, same equipment? Um, I think it's a lot of it's the little things. Um that a lot of teams might not spend as much time in doing. And I know that sounds quite simple and, you know, they should be able to do that as well. But it also depends on who you've got working there. Like, so, like, mechanics, if you've got mechanics that aren't particularly interested in putting loads of effort into doing their job, then you won't get an as good car, you know? Like, just the tiny little things. Like, I don't know, bodywork taping, like, certain fixings that were sort of bad for aero, for example. Um everything there's set, just loads set up knowledge as well setup knowledge is massive for sure um and obviously i think the teams that have had very successful drivers will obviously do better because they can farm their setup uh or they can an analyze things better with the better driver if that makes sense um a lot of smaller teams 
won't have the ability to sort of sign drivers like that, I guess. And I think drivers, good drivers, will always go for. Oh, oh, we've it's lost. Just, we lost. We lost you for a second there. <laughs> Oh, did you? Sorry. That's okay. You're back. Yeah, um, you get. It's got that stigma, sort of a little bit of where I think it. It sort of it keeps sort of getting worse and worse as it goes on. If that makes sense, the same teams that are in it. Yeah. So like they'll just the the good teams that well the the teams that got the good drivers at the very start have got a head start against all the other teams, and it will just it just keeps going up and up and up and they keep getting more and more and more info like faster and faster laps from faster drivers to the point of where you can sort of you know a lot of setup uh stuff that a lot of other teams won't because they won't have as experienced drivers giving them as good feedback for example i guess, I guess that kind of explains why you always see the usual suspects at the back of the grid yeah i think it's hard for teams the small teams as well because they'll never sign sort of big name drivers or things like that because either they may be charging more for the drive because obviously those you have to charge drivers to drive these cars um if you have a better driver then obviously you can charge more but they'll have more money from sponsors for example and i think some teams may be bottlenecked into taking worse drivers that will give them more money do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Still, still trying to work out where mahiva raganathan got his sponsorship from last year yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there is that. <laughs> there was a, a a picture. I don't know if you've seen it from the uh, from the Hungarian Grand Prix this weekend, of Lando Norris uh, helping to take the McLaren apart with his uh, mechanics because he felt like oh, he'd, yeah. let, he'd let them down. Um, Saw because, that because of his uh, because of the race. So he he stayed behind and instead of instead of getting a plane when all the other drivers were jetting off to wherever it was they were going, he stayed behind and helped them take the car apart. Did you ever get anything like that with any drivers in in any of the formulas? I don't know. Uh, Rob, Roman Grosjean used to help take the car apart, just not in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, somebody had to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think it's a. Uh, I think Lando Norris. Hats off to him. He's he's a really nice bloke. I mean, I, I've 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 worked on his car actually when I was at Carling. Um, I did. I ran him in the British F3 car at Pembury um, when it was like minus one or something. Stupid. Wow. Um, and uh, we, it was he was pounding round at Pembury for two days, I think it was. Uh, and he was an awesome bloke then. He was just he was just a young kid then. I think he was what he was like sixteen maybe. He was he was tiny. He looked like he was like a he looked like a little kid basically. He You're like, <laughs> yeah, it was just quite amazing. You're like sort of strapping this guy into this race car, and you're like, Christ, like he's <laughs> he must be talented if he's uh he's driving this. But yeah, I think I think drivers helping like that, you, you never see it for sure. And I think Lando doing that shows his commitment to the team, not just long term, but sort of his commitment to I think F one in general, really. Um he's not taking on that sort of driver lifestyle where you sort of jet in, jet out, um, and he's actually spending time with the team and I think it's it shows in, in the team morale as well, yeah. I'll be honest. Uh, I think it's quite important as well, really. One of the things that drivers should do more, I think. But like you say, I, I've never really seen it before. Um, I think maybe I've had it a couple of times in uh, Formula 2, for example, where maybe they've just helped sort of clean the car, uh, for example. But the hands-on stuff's obviously a bit, can be a bit sketchy at times because uh, 
not qualified mechanic, but <laughs> <laughs> they end up doing more damage than good. But the the sentiments there, like you say, uh, and you can give them you can give them simple tasks to do for sure. Do you think it's that sort of dedication which has made like the jump he seems to have had this year? Because it's like last year he was kind of fairly well put away by Carlos Sainz, but it it just doesn't feel like that this year, does it? No, I think he's come he's come on a lot, and I think that's due to maybe his age as well. I think maybe he's uh, is he's grown up a little bit more as well, and he's taking it a bit more seriously. I mean, I don't think everyone realised sort of how talented he actually was when he was younger. Um, and as he's grown up, he's actually got even better. Uh, he's thrived more, like not just physically and within his driving ability, but mentally as well, I think. Um, and you can see that for sure. Like that that jump from from those two things, I mean, were great. And obviously it helps that there was a, a slot free for him to do such a thing. And um, so it's always about being in the right time at right uh, right place at the right time sometimes, I think, as well. No, that is. Uh, I suppose that that is the best way of putting it. Really, I've run out of words. I'm not good <laughs> at. Say, so it's been a, it's been a long day for me today. Yeah, there's, there's one one more question. I think I had for you was because you uh, you went through the apprenticeship and you you started obviously a, a junior team, sort of worked your way up to Formula One. Do you have any advice for anybody who might be thinking about getting into a career in Formula One, or anybody who um, you know might be looking at doing engineering? You're too old, Flood. Not me. <laughs> I'm thinking, this listeners and too tall. <laughs> Uh, I would say as long as you've got a genuine passion for motorsport and cars, um, you'll you'll go a long way. And if you've got a, a, a hardworking mentality, I think that's very important. Um, and not just doing your job, but going beyond and doing other things as well that maybe you wouldn't th- wouldn't have thought that you should do, but you do them. That's what I did anyway. I sort of went above and beyond, tried to do as much as possible. Um, uh, and I think what I did with going out of my way to try and find a team to do work experience with before I went to uh, college, for example, is really important because you can see whether you want to do it or not as well. I mean, you can actually see it from the inside. Uh, so it's not just good for the prospects of getting a job, but maybe if you actually want to do it for sure. But yeah, that's what I would say. Good. good do stuff. work experience, try get a job. <laughs> <laughs> and get lucky like I did. <laughs> <laughs> Three definite rules to live by. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reese, thank you so much for taking time out and um, coming on. It's been uh, it's been great to chat to you. And uh, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll bump into each other again on one of Matt's iRacing challenges. Oh yeah, for sure. No worries. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, that is great. Reese Smith, thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Cheers, mate. See you Cheers. later. Thank you. See you later. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye. We have jump cut, and uh, here's that shunt that we trailed before that incredible interview with uh, with Reese. Yay. Very good. And thank you again, Reese, for coming on. Now it's shunting time. Yes. Who's this week's shunt by? <laughs> We've done We've this. Done this. <laughs> We've done it. We've done it. I was born. Yes. Yay. In 1958. Right. Okay. Bernie Eccleston's Formula One career was in 1958. Uh, Bruce Dickinson. So this is someone who is 62 this year? I was based yes. in Switzerland. Right. Okay. I was based in Switzerland. No one, right? no one's from Switzerland, really, are they? It's only entities that are based there. Well, Roman Grosjean apparently was born in Switzerland, but he's French he now. Denies so. it. <laughs> yeah. 
Max Verstappen's technically Belgian. He is. <laughs> Lando Norris is half Belgian. Uh, Schumacher is the only world champion not to use me since 1998 to present. It's going to be like Schubert. 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 Yeah. Helmets. Yes. Yeah. Helmut Schubert. Helmut Marco. <laughs> Helmut Schubert, that well-known <laughs> crash hat designer. Well, isn't isn't um, Hamilton? Doesn't he use bell helmets? He does. Yeah. But he probably has used Schubert at some okay. point. A lot of them are tied to um, team. So, like Albon, when he switched to Red Bull, he had to switch helmet manufacturer because Red Bull are contractually obliged to have, I think, an Arai. Okay. And Verstappen doesn't like the Arai. And Alban is a number two. Go oh, okay, <laughs> fine. I think Charles Leclerc's a bell. <laughs> okay, <laughs> is that your guess? Um, yeah, one one of my colleagues at work used to um, he used to bike in. He has a he has a bell helmet, and somebody actually wrote "end" on the bell sticker on it, and he didn't notice for six weeks. Good. Wow, I'm glad. My he- cycling helmet's a bell, and I keep it hidden. <laughs> uh, are you going with helmet? Bell helmet. <laughs> Schubert helmet. Schubert helmet. <laughs> Schubert helmet. <laughs> Hel- helmet Schubert. <laughs> I formally uh, formally entered Formula One in 2003. So it must have been like an official... Entry. Supplier. Yeah, an yeah. official supplier with a team. I was also involved in the European Space Agency. Which Would they have built the helmets for, for the space it's people? That makes sense. Fragments yeah. of Roman Grosjean's front wing. <laughs> <laughs> Astronauts need... Kit. Kit, yeah. helmets, safety gear. Yeah. I, do you know what? I reckon it's probably one of those things where there's actually way more crossover between F1 and space shit than you probably realise. Things that go fast and you've got to wear protective gear. Yeah, there's probably quite a bit. I was also involved with the Olympics. Cycling... Yeah, cycling, um, uh, luge. Yeah, luge is a like good that. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, short track speed skating. Yeah, yeah, they were helmets. Yeah. They were they were strange helmets. They're like they, they've like got like combs. sort of weird like sperm tail at the back. Yeah, they have, yeah. yeah. Don't man, don't forget all the um, all the BMX Red Bull style events. You yeah, know, sort of freestyle on fire crap, usually mm. presented by Christian Stevenson. <laughs> DJ Extreme. Mm. We're definitely. I better guess, please. Sticking with the helmet? It's going to or be some, some sort of fireproof protective gear. What would be Swiss there? Where's Danese from? I thought they were Italian. Yeah, I think they yes, are. Yes, I think you're right. Alpine Star, I think, are... They're somewhere near the Alps. Yes. I, I want to say German. I think they're German. Alpine Star sounds like an early 2000s like pop-punk band. <laughs> <laughs> With the Alpine stars, yeah, some sort of Euro pop. Yeah, yeah. Richard Leaves. <laughs> or like some forty one. Sparko, Sparko, I was thinking British? more like uh, yeah, and they've been they've been around since the nineties. Yeah, 90s. yeah. visibly in F one since the nineties. I'm going to rush it. I'd like a guess. I don't have any advance on Schubert. What about say belt, the safety belt that they use in 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 the in the cars? Do you know what? I'm not up on the safety belts. I must admit. I think they're either Sparko or say belt, but I don't know where say belt will be from. Sounds, I mean, that sounds, would be something I imagine they would use it, in the it large. Sounds Germanic, so it could be Swiss. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, space people are going to need to be tucked they're into. They're going to be strapped in, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah, Space harnesses. You can't. You can't have floating space people. Space you know harnesses. What? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, For a space bit of variation. Yeah. yeah. Space harness. 
Uh, I began my career in 1983 in Europe before moving to Africa in 1991. Yeah, whatever. This is, right, so this is this is interesting. So it's existed since fifty-eight. It's existed since fifty-eight. But what was it? It's in motor. It's began its career in motorsport. Uh, did you say? Began or? its career in Europe. In Europe. I've, yeah, I began my career in nineteen eighty-three in Europe before moving to Africa. In so what the fuck was it doing between fifty-eight and eighty-three? Is Beca- this a person? It could be a person becoming twenty-five. I mean. <laughs> you know, we've been going for companies, but that's now sort of opened it up, and it could be a hundred men or more. And it moved Oof. to Africa. Jesus, mate. Uh-huh. Come on. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like, the, the, don't make the, me thump the desk. In, in, in our interview, in our interview, as our, our like loyal followers have just listened to, there was there was quite the interview stopping joke from you that I noted. <laughs> so that's two yellow cards, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, it's been a long week, and it's only Monday. <laughs> Um, we could be looking at a person now if their career started when they were 25 in Europe and yeah. then moved to Africa. Random. I mean, I, can, I think I can break the case for you with the next clue. Go I think on. you might need to. Yeah. Brace yourself. Look, uh, I wanted to be an ice hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Gilmore? <laughs> Flood looks unimpressed <laughs> with my clue. <laughs> Is that it? There's no further information? Nope. Just ice hockey, right? Number nine. I am Finnish. Right. There is a spaffer, and I'm going to change it slightly because I think I think it's too easy, the spaffer. So, someone who whose career... A Finn whose career started at 25 and then they went to Africa. I ain't got a fucking clue. I don't. I don't know whether we're looking for a driver. I don't know whether we're looking for a, like a team principal. And Schumacher was the first world champion since nineteen. Since when? To not use me. What? That first one of the first clues. Yeah. It's that fucking guy who does all the all the bloody driver training. Nineteen ninety-eight. I can't remember his name. Schumacher was the first world champion to not use me since nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah. Or the only oh, world sorry. champion. The only world uh, yeah. from uh, he's, uh, he's 98 a, to present. Yeah, it's a Finnish guy, and he does fucking uh, driver training. Kimi Raikkonen goes to him every fucking winter just for a refresher course. Uh, he puts people in fucking bog standard cars and goes, well, go on then, off you go. It's like fucking like a piece of shit. And then he goes, I'm sure he's from Finland. It sounds very Finnish. It does sound like a Finnish thing to do. He puts them in like fucking diesel Astras and something like that and just teaches them how to like like car control with a basic car and then they move on to like something a bit more sporty. And Has goes, this guy been on Top Gear? I, I think could, so. I'm, I'm this gonna, is I'm ringing gonna, a bell. I, no, I'm yeah. going to help here because he's just fucking going down the wrong, wrong path. Right. But you're closer than we have been. <laughs> By suggesting it's a person. um, by suggesting it's a Finnish person like the clue says no no there there was more in there there was more in there that you were saying that was closer to who this is than any bell you can possibly think of Uh, my last race was Monza in 2016 I, do, I don't know whether this will help you or not, but the fact that my, my last race at Monza in 2016 was my last of anything. 
So this is something that ceased to exist after Monza in 2018. 2016, was that? 2016, sorry. What ceased to exist at Monza in 2016? I don't know, you've got a clue. Well, well, maybe not at the circuit, but like I didn't do an awful lot after that. It's kind of like 2016 was kind of the cut-off point for me. So Somebody who's dead? Somebody who died in September 2016. I've got an out... I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not really bringing much. I worked for McLaren, that's your spaffer. How old Mick Hacken's not 62, not is he? Not old, no. I'm out. Hakey yeah, Kovalainen's no. not 62? No. Mid-30s? <laughs> that was as fast as he drove. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably still, he's still... Driving around that, we can just go and he's still doing his victory lap from 2008. He's um, in battle with Max Chilton just for that last points paying place. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I have yeah. nothing to yeah. contribute. Are we, are we are we giving giving up yeah, on this I one? So yeah, why not? I am Doctor Aki Hinster. The uh, I, he was he was the doctor for McLaren. Um, Arafat put a little message at the bottom saying the most inf- uh, inspirational. Uh, so, sorry. Uh, Arafat's a doctor as well, just for people that don't know. Uh, he, the most inf- inspirational doctor I've ever known uh, and the perfect mentor. Um, if anyone's interested, because it's a really interesting story, uh, Arafat came on Must See Audio. It, it was just before lockdown, if you want to go back through the Must See Audio ones. And he worked with Aki at McLaren uh, on driver performance. So they, so they were taking like, swab like swabs and stuff off mm. drivers see see what they needed and things like that um and it was a really interesting podcast like the what what went into getting them out he was uh, especially for like, british listeners he was um involved when jensen button and lewis hamilton were in the team yeah this is when they were doing those things that's why i've got jensen button spit in the fridge that's why not in case you just fancy cloning at some point oh that that's bound to happen but that's a good one that was a that was a really good one that unheard of from me from my point of view never heard of him before threw it threw us out completely Mm -hmm. because we we were all over the place with that how do you how do you send in total shunts you can send me a private message on twitter or instagram at a total shunt and to get on the reserve list Three legs, four wheels at gmail.com because I still need others in case Lee, I don't know, mutates into also, pure energy also, or something. Sorry, again, if you're one of these people that wants to sort of leave Twitter and stuff like that, I'm a total shunt on Parlour as well. I don't use it much, but you can you can <laughs> message me on it. Right. Um, to get in touch with the rest of us at Three Legs, Four Wheels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And individually, we are also at Sean Cowper, at Flood21, and at Pablo100. Right. Formula Lee 2020 style The new game is out. So, we're going to be. No, they haven't got the rights. <laughs> Baby Shark. <laughs> um, yeah, new game, new rules. Well, not new rules for this season, new way of doing it. Because the calendar is all over the place. 
Um, and well, the calendar's not all over the place. The calendar's stayed as it is. The F1 calendar is slightly different to how yes. we we're expecting it to be this year. So what we're going to do we're is... We're off the Mayan calendar <laughs> as part of the new regs. <laughs> so what we're going to do is instead of racing at the next week's circuit, we're going to start at the beginning with Australia, and it's going to be two week two weekly challenges all the way through for 21 races. So we've got 42 races till Christmas? 42 weeks. Wow. Till the next game we might have a week off at christmas or two uh but this year we've got prizes Ooh, yeah. a very nice company called scott 3d are offering a prize of a 3d printed circuit map and is this weekly or is this, this is for every every fortnightly race every race Sorry, is gonna win yeah for every, every race is gonna winner ask, yeah every fortnightly winner gets a 3d printed circuit map from scott 3d um, they're, they're available to buy as well at um, 9.95 each. I'll post the link on the website, and if you use the code 3L4W when you're buying it, you get a 5% discount. That'll do. They do look pretty cool as well. Yeah, they're, um, they're a good size. You can either wall mount them or put them on your desk. And hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, you send us some through, we'll have some in the pod room. That sounds good. So we'll, uh, much, we'll yeah. stick some photos up of the ones that he sends us. But, um, yeah, we are kicking off with Australia, as is the... Usual start to a normal F1 season. Yeah. And it's going to be a two-week challenge, as they all are this season, and we might as well start it in the Merc. In the time trial in the Mercedes. In the time trial mode, in the Mercedes, in the dry. You can send your times in if you're on Xbox or on PC. Take a screen grab of the uh, timesheet. Uh-huh. And DM me on Twitter, at 3 legs wheels or send them on email 3legs4wheels at gmail.com or I'll set something up on the Discord for anyone to post the times there. If you're on PlayStation, you can do all the same, but you can also add me as a friend, Pabstar, and I'll be able to see your times on the Friends leaderboard. So you've got until 6 o'clock on Monday the... I need to see a calendar because I don't know what the date is. Two 3rd of August? Oh, that's Mo- true. Monday that's the 3rd of August. Yes. To get the uh, times into me, and that's 6 o'clock UK time, not 6 o'clock wherever you are in the world, because I've had people sending them after the podcast has been released. Yeah. Um, so, good luck, and winner gets a prize this week, and there might be some prizes at the end of the season as well. And for newcomers, it's points for the top 20, isn't it? It is points for the top 20. 20 points for a win, down to one point for 20th place. And uh, we'll see who becomes this year's champion. And maybe do a prize for the champions if we, if we can get hold of one. I think we'll be doing a prize for uh, the champion, if not the top three this season. Good. Let's hope so. We'll, be we'll nice to see do. some some new names as well as the old favourites in there as well. Yeah, definitely. All the details will be on the website if you want to catch up on that. It'll be in the games section under Formula League 2020. And we're going to have some F1 League racing coming soon as well. We, are, we? we, we now have nice. a... Um, well, he's calling him Stephen Terra is calling himself Three Legs Four Wheels technical director, but I'm I'm calling him racing assistant. We technically <laughs> need some direction. That is <laughs> that is very true. So our uh, our racing assistant will be coming up with uh, with the plan for leagues because we're running those for PC, Xbox, and PS4 throughout the year as well. Okay. On top of Three Legs Four Wheels I Racing League, and of course the Three Legs Four Wheels Extreme Esports team. Cool. We've got an esports team. Loads We're doing to right, get yeah. involved in. Yeah. yeah, there's going to be going to be absolutely loads this year. Yeah, well, like a summer fate of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bags, you're not going on your lucky dip. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're going to get a go on my coconut shy. <laughs> 
Thanks, thanks again to Reece Smith for joining us tonight. Great, ch- great chat with him. And, Fantastic um, guest. Yep. And um, he might, he might well come on the show we again. Start soon. That again, because I should have said, but my coconuts aren't shy. That's too late. Too late. So, so, uh, <laughs> t- you shouldn't have been shy with Hindsight your joke first time thing. around. Yeah. <sighs> and we don't want to see his hind. We'll Damn. see you next week. Bye. 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 Whatever. <laughs>